Everybody knows that one of the most important pieces of a hunter's kit is their knife. Whether you're looking for a fleshing blade, a skinning blade, or just a quality, multi-purpose knife for the backcountry, Yukon River Knives has what you need. They offer blades such as the Hunter, Small Game, and the Sendero Bush Knife. Yukon River Knives is based in Texas and has a unique mission goal in that a percentage of all knife sales go to support a missionary in Alaska. Now Dalton, you've experienced with these knives in the field. Talk to us about that. As a matter of fact, I have used a few of their knives and watched my good friend Remy use them for years with great results. They have a micarta handle that doesn't get slippery when it gets wet, and they have phenomenal edge retention for long skinning jobs. Go check out our web link on thenorthernhunter.com and that'll take you directly to Yukon River Knives website to see their full selection and order your knives for your next hunt with the discount code THENORTHERNHUNTER at checkout. And remember, nothing replaces a quality hunting knife. Listening to the Northern Hunter Podcast, home of all things hunting, fishing, and outdoors in Alaska. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. My name is James Payne, and I am happy to be back with you guys. I'm Dalton Gray. I'm Ryan Humphreys. And uh, you guys have heard us talk a lot about hammer bullets and everything that they are capable of and do and why we love them so much. So we, uh, have the great pleasure of speaking with Steve Davis, the man behind the bullets today. And uh, thank you so much for making some time for us tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm glad to glad to come spend some time with yeah. you. Yeah, we know that the uh, the time difference is a little little much in some areas of the country. So um, we always appreciate appreciate people willing to to stay up and talk to us. So um, you guys, I just wanted to point out, did a fantastic job while I was away. Well, thank so, you. Um, Really, really appreciated those episodes. Um, and uh, yeah. No critiques this time? No, nope, no, no, no critiques wow. this time. <laughs> That's I, I, all I have to say. It's a great job. I think those Thank two. Thank you for uh, carrying it out. Yeah. Those two guests were pretty easy to talk to. Yeah. yeah. Good stories. Good yeah. Times. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good to have you back from Africa in one piece. Yeah. Yeah. It, it uh, didn't feel like it was going to happen that way for a little while there. Uh, there were definitely some hiccups, uh, <laughs> travel wise and just take up residency. Um, oh, it, I almost did. <laughs> I, almost did. <laughs> I think Alaska airlines was trying to keep me, <laughs> it was trying to keep me in at first and then it was trying to keep me. In. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, just a interesting time, in both directions. <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah. uh, the longest flights I've ever done, honestly, yeah. um, it was what, nine hours and 11 hours, 11 and a half hours, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and then another three on top of that. It was just back to back to back. It was, yeah. it, it was an adventure. I'll Long, say that. And the longest one I ever done was 11 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Did that one a lot as a kid Whew. overseas. Man, oh man. That's, that's a lot of flying, but it's also a lot easier when you're 12 or under mm -hmm. and uh, time zones don't mean <laughs> nearly as much because you can just, you just go to sleep and teleport just, to another place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now as an adult, even being on the East Coast a few weeks ago, coming home and losing and, and then gaining back four hours, I was out of whack yeah. for mm. days. Yeah. It was, it was strange. The first time I really experienced jet lag was when I went over to Europe mm. mm -hmm. and I got there and I was like, man, it's noon. Why am I tired? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why just, am i tired well, just exhausted and i slept i went to bed and i think i slept like 12 13 hours straight wow. and got up the next morning with everybody else once we got back to the where we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
You know, you know, I, I made the mistake. So we got back and I didn't keep a schedule or even try to keep a schedule because I, I had scheduled like five days until I had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And so I was just resting whenever my body told me I needed to rest, oh, um, yeah. which, you so know. You, so you stayed on Africa time. Basically, un- <laughs> yeah. unintentionally, you know, I was like, I'll still try to sleep during the nighttime in Alaska. But uh, what ended up happening was the day before I had to go back to work, I was, I took a nap. An unintentional nap. I was really trying to stay awake <laughs> until like 10 or 11. Um, but I ended up going to sleep at 5. I woke up at 11, had some dinner, and then I was up from then oh, until no. I had to go to work in the next morning. <sighs> the whole next day. <sighs> and then the next night after that, after my first day back at work, I slept for 12 hours straight. Yeah. Yes. yeah. That, that was your reschedule. And since then, I've been okay. Yeah. But definitely learned a lesson. When you go 11 hours of time difference, yeah. you got to make a schedule when you get yeah. back. It, to it force was, yourself. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Um, but what's, what's the uh, longest flight? I know you've flown all over the place, Steve. What's the longest flight you've ever done? No, not all over the place. We've been... To Africa and Australia okay. now. Um, Africa is the longest one out of Atlanta, 17 hours. Um, and I know the first time we went, it was, I didn't know what to expect. And I, all I know is we were about halfway there and I was thinking this was a bad idea. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'm like, can we... Can we turn around? <laughs> you know, I'm looking at that little yeah. map on the on the. How seat, do we force know, an emergency the, landing? <laughs> and I'm like, this has been too long, and we're only halfway there. I don't know if I can do this. Uh, well, it's that yeah. Bermuda Triangle that gets you, Steve. It is. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know. So each time we've gone, it's gotten easier. I've learned, I think, better how to suffer. Right. Right. Um, yeah. See, we. You know, and, and I, okay. you know, I know kind of what I'm expecting, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like, okay, I just got to chill out and yeah. wait. Yeah. Longer. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and yeah. I've been debating for the next time I go over there, um, whether it would be better because we went Fairbanks to down to Seattle and then straight over to London. Um, so that was the nine hours and then mm-hmm. London to Joburg. And I, I've kind of been wondering if, if just, Getting it all out of the way in one one fell swoop like that, like fifteen hours, seventeen hours, something like that, would just be a little bit easier. I don't know because try. I'm not gonna lie, trying to navigate uh, the London Heathrow Airport was probably the hardest part of the whole trip. Really, honestly, pretty big, full of trams and stuff. Well, during COVID, we did one like mm. you did. Yeah, uh, the only only airline that was going was Qatar. Okay, gotcha. And so we went to Seattle to Doha, to Johannesburg. Mm. And, you know, all total, it was almost two yeah. days. Uh, you know, so I, I can't remember. It was uh, 14 hours and then another 10 hours, I think, from Seattle to get to Johannesburg. Right, right. <clears throat> and it was just long, mm. really long that that single flight for 17 hours is yeah, better. Yeah. Well, and that was kind of my, my thought behind it was because especially on the way back, we had, because we, we went Port Elizabeth to Joburg and then we were, I think our layover there was like seven hours. In Joburg? In Joburg. No yeah. kidding. And then we jumped on a plane back to London and we were there for like nine hours wow. in the airport. And then we went to, from there to, back to Seattle 
And then we were there for like four hours or something like that. Yeah. And just all of those, those layovers back to back like that, it it extended it out. Our trip home was three days almost. Yeah. Those just drag it out of you. We we left on the 30th of June and we didn't get back till the 1st of February. So it like, it it just, it takes up so much time, you know? Mm. I mean, it was probably 15 hours of layover. And so combined. you were, uh, were you gaining time back as you came to the States? Or, losing. Or, or losing. So yeah, it so, was, we were. Mm-hmm. Um, so you lost 11 It was kind of funny. We left London at 2.30 p.m. Yeah. And we got to Seattle at 4.30 p.m. the same day. Mm. Wow. <laughs> it was only a two-hour flight. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I'm sure that's what it felt like. Yeah, that's how Australia was. <laughs> I think Australia was like two and a half yeah. hours from Australia to to California. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it was a good time. Uh, we shot a lot of animals, saw a lot of animals. Um, it was the way I described it to my wife was it was like being in Yellowstone, but you could shoot stuff. <laughs> and, and the animals were different. You know, it's like they're just everywhere. I am all like, about turning Yellowstone into a hunting park. <laughs> I, I just put, I, make different concessions, love, and like, I would love to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> just but, like I'm all about making Denali a shooting park. Yeah, but but it was it was a great. I mean, just the, the hunting over there is so different than anything we have here in Alaska. You know, yeah. it's like I, I almost coined the term to to my my wife. I was like, you know, for people that don't live in either one, it's like you come to Alaska to have a challenging hunt. Yeah, you know, out in the wilderness, you're you're toughing it out. You're you're going this for big animal. Twelve to fourteen days to yeah. maybe shoot one or two animals. You go to Africa to have a fun hunt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. you just we saw so much game. We yeah. saw so many animals, so many different creature, creatures, and like you just if you luckily we didn't really at least my wife and I we didn't really miss anything while we were over there. But if you did, it's not like it was the end of the world because. There's going to be another shot yeah. opportunity. So many an hour later, yeah. you know. And yeah. So target rich environment. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely yeah. have. I, I call I call it luxury. Yeah, hunting. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I, uh, the the landowner we were staying with at the lodge. He uh, he commented on that. He's like, we don't sell hard labor. You <laughs> know, we're selling leisure. We're selling. This is your vacation. Like right, this is. Right. So I was commenting. I was like, I've never had a hunt go this easy and like i've i've hunted you know whitetails in ohio and kansas and all over you know i've hunted here in alaska for a long time i was like i've never like it's never been this fun like i mean it's always fun but it's like this is like next level fun you know it's like we shot one or two animals a day you know for eight days straight it was it was awesome um so i'm still working through all my pictures and everything and getting everything posted sounds about like our last southeast trip yeah no, honestly yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the sounds of what so you guys that's are telling the most about. fun hunt i think i've ever been yeah. on just because it was just always there were always animals yeah yeah was always well, and especially the way on. you yeah. guys are diversifying it now between yeah. the duck hunting and the fishing and everything because right. that was the cool thing there you know we didn't just hunt we went to the the addo elephant park we did mm. a day of shark fishing all this different stuff and so it was nice. just it was a, this nice breakdown it's always fun when you can do different things and just diversify your experience mm-hmm. that's did a you catch fun. a shark Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I caught two, um, that I, I classify as sharks. Um, you classify one, <laughs> one was a Do shark. The biologists classify them as sharks? <laughs> the, so the last one I caught was about, I don't know, 18 inches long, maybe two feet oh. long. It was, uh, I forget what they call them, jammies or pajama sharks or something like that, but it, it, okay. it had stripes all on it and everything looked huh. like it was wearing striped pajamas. Okay. Um, we were catching, uh, what they call them? Snaggletooth. 
um, off the mm. coast. There. I don't know if any of these are the official names or the local names, but sure, that's what they called them was Snaggletooth. Snaggletooth. And, um, so we caught a couple of those. Uh, one of them was, it was a fight, but I'll, I'll have to wait till, we're going to have a couple of guys on that mm-hmm. were on the trip for an episode maybe next week or the week after oh, right. if, yeah. if it works out and we'll, we'll tell all the details there but man it was those things fight yeah those things fight like crazy mm. um and it, it was such a blast and these phs bless their hearts they're out there and because you, you got to get past the surf um to yeah. get to these sharks and so one of them ricky amazing guy ricky boppy ricky brown actually ricky brown uh, close yeah close <laughs> um, and uh, he was our PH over there. And this guy, <laughs> he gets this, I don't know, 12-foot-long fishing pole with, yeah. you know, a crazy conglomeration of bait at the end of it. And, I mean, he's wading out there shoulder deep in this ocean water. And you can just Whoa. see him, you know, jumping up with the waves <laughs> and coming back down. And then all of a sudden, he steps up on this reef that he knew was there and just, you know, just, just absolutely huckapucks this thing out into the middle of nowhere in the ocean and then walks back yeah and, so, and he's doing that every single time it's wow like, i don't know man I, I don't know if i'd be doing that yeah but no thank it's you it's their that's their their profession that's why they're there yeah. so yeah. it was an amazing time though yeah well good but good. um so anyway I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more about africa a little bit later given some of the conversation but um so steve we uh We've all enjoyed uh, talking about hammer bullets and everything like that. And previous episodes, I'm sure you've probably heard some of the things we've said about them. Um, one of the things I absolutely loved seeing this fall, though, was the big banner on the top of the website <laughs> that says, it's currently hunting season <laughs> in Montana. <laughs> and if we don't answer the phones, that's yeah. why, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> something like that's how it went. And I just thought that was a perfect business model. Yeah, when, so. <laughs> well, when, when, we, when we first started getting busy, um, my partner Brian says, how, how are we going to go hunting? And I said, well, we didn't start this business to not hunt. <laughs> um, exactly. You got to keep your priorities, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so whenever we go you know, hunting here at home in Montana or if we go somewhere, then I always put a banner up that says, Hey, we're out hunting and you might see a delay in your order. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I've never had anybody complain about it. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, I wind up getting emails from guys, you know, Hey, where's my order. And then I finally see it, you know, when I get back in two weeks and I'm like, Hey, sorry, I was gone hunting. They're like, Oh, that's cool. How'd yeah, you do I was, was going to say, they probably had the exact response <laughs> I did where it's like, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. More than willing to wait a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. If, you know, if I told them, well, hey, I'm gone for a wedding, they'd be like, what? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, that is a lame excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. It's, it's good when you share the same passion as your, your clientele. That, yeah. that makes it easy to, yeah. uh, to get along for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I've, and I've, I've always thought that, you know, I'm going to wind up with that guy that, gets irritated because we were gone hunting and he wants bullets, mm. but I don't think it's happened good, yet. Good. How, how'd your, uh, how'd your season go? Oh, pretty pretty good. good. Um, yeah, we probably the highlight was 
um, we went and hunted elk in Idaho, and Brian got a big bull. He got a big 350. Mm, very nice. 350 nice. bull. I, I shot a raghorn. He <laughs> 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 was the season short there was in, in eastern Idaho. Um, it's only a week season, and we were just there for the last, I think, four days. Oh, of wow. Um, yeah, that's a push. And so the last night, it was like, okay, I'm, I didn't spend all this money to not bring home meat, so I... <laughs> I shot a I shot a small hey, bull. They yeah. all eat the same. But, That's, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. right? Well, actually, mine tastes a lot better than Brian's mm. does. His is kind of tough. <laughs> I'm going to say, isn't isn't that what all the internet trolls say? Well, you can't eat antlers. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, the <laughs> internet right? thing in the, the spoon and crock pot club. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, the spoon and crock. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he he got a wall trophy. I got a table trophy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> cool. You know, I, I will say some of the best moose I've ever eaten came off of a spike bull. Yeah. So yeah, no no best, hate there for sure. Best moose I ever had was a cow. Oh really? Yeah, I oh, can yeah. see that. Beautiful. I can see that. Pre rut. Yeah. August youth hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. I don't think I've ever eaten cow moose to be honest. Yeah, with it was you. good. I might have to try Can't that. Say I have either. Not I know a, cow caribou tastes really good. Not a no, thing I have. I have. It. It's been a while. Yeah. 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 What were you and Brian shooting on that elk hunt, Steve? Uh, I was shooting a seven PRC with the one hundred and seventy grain HHT. Mm, okay. Uh, the new tip bullet, and Brian was using a six eight Western oh. with the one hundred and sixty grain HHT. Very nice. I assume nice. uh, by the results that they both worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, we, we were actually talking about it today. I don't remember why it came up, but yeah, that Brian's Brian shot wasn't very far. It was like 150 yards, but he was, he was running. He was trying to get, he had walked in to where Brian was and saw him and was leaving. And Brian shot him, uh, you know, while he was on the on the getaway, okay, and he still only made it, uh, maybe fifty yards. Oh, wow, uh, good, very nice. And just shut him yeah, down. Those moving yeah. shots can be tough for sure. Yeah, I know. I had to praise him a little bit. <laughs> Neither one of us have ever really done that kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. <laughs> those are those are surprising when they work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> well. He he did it. He did it well. He shot him. He got him right behind the shoulder. So double lunged nice. him on the runway. Oh, nice. Perfect. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. How does he like that six eight western overall as a cartridge? I think he likes it all right. You know, it's it like a lot of these new cartridges. I think um, the six eight western is kind of a two seventy with new lipstick. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, seven PRs. Key, Seven PRC is kind of the seven mag with a new lipstick, mm-hmm. um, but they bring out these new rifles or these new cartridges, and they put faster twist barrels on them so that they yeah. can run some right. heavier, longer bullets. Right. Where if they just start making faster twist on the old two seventy, and then start making ammunition to go with it, then that guy that's had his 270 since you know the 60s is going to go well i want to run that 168 right grain bullet. right uh, yeah it's not going to work out and very well he's going to go shoot it in his old 270 and they'll shoot sideways and he'll he won't understand why right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah yep. right you know so really the only way to to 
I think do it well is a new cartridge. You know, that's how the Creed more came around. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> they put eight twists in them instead of the nine that was traditional in the six fives. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the two seventy ten twist very relatively slow. Yeah. Well, now they've got you know an eight twist in a factory rifle yeah. and they can run some heavier yeah. bullets yeah, yeah. and throw it differently for those longer bullets too and longer yeah. magazines yeah. And, and, and we've had a lot of people write in asking questions about different calibers and different cartridges and things like that and that's one of the things you kind of always have to constantly remind people is like a 300 wind mag and a 300 prc it's apples to oranges mm-hmm. you know you can't i mean it's it's two different intents two different mm-hmm. purposes you know yep. and like yeah, the one guy's going to argue you could get the same performance out of a custom 300 Win Mag, mm-hmm. but you can do that out of a factory 300 PRC. Exactly. You know, with the heavier bullets and the different styles yep. and the faster twist rate. You don't have to customize anything yep. right off the shelf. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's really, it, when all these new cartridges first started rolling out back in the day, I mean, I, it almost kind of annoyed me. I'm like, kind of the same thing. I'm like, well, why didn't they just, you know, customize the rifles that are existing? Yeah. But like you said, you know, you don't want to, yeah. Don't want to be creating that kind of a setup where you can put the wrong ammo in the wrong rifle. Right. Um, right. You know, you've seen, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty yeah. of mishaps that happen with 4570, people putting plus P loads right. and older 4570s sure. that they're not supposed to. Sure. So, Or putting standard 30-06 ammo in an M1 Garand. <laughs> you know, that's why there's marketed mm-hmm. labeled M1 Garand 30 out six mm-hmm. because that's what that's what it's designed to do. It's, what, it's um, designed to function in that rifle. What barrel length does he have on that six eight Western? Do you remember? His oh shoot, twenty four. I think I can't remember for okay. sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. um, I did a twenty six on my PRC. Okay, um, I think his is just a tad shorter. Twenty four. You know what velocity? <laughs> Hang on, I got a journal. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I like it. You know, and I've been thinking about adding something journal, along I... those lines to my arsenal because we were shooting a 270 WSM over there in, in Africa, and that it works pretty it good. Smacked nice, the daylights yeah. out of some stuff. I'll yeah. say that. That 270 and 284, I think, is a really good middle ground mm-hmm. between the six mm-hmm. fives being a little bit small for some of the heavier midsize big game, mm-hmm. but. You know, the, the 30s, sure, they'll work fine. Yeah. But if you don't want to deal with the recoil and you want a little flatter trajectory, yeah, easier to swap guns in between people, you know, if you want to have your wife shoot one, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that 284 is, is a, I, the, the 284 is probably still my favorite bore diameter just as a personal hunting rifle. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because you can get such high BC bullets. It's so easy to shoot. And it just flat out works. Mm-hmm. It, I've I've never had an animal walk away from a seven rem mag put yeah. in the right spot. Seven millimeters, phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'm 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 heavily considering getting a seven PRC this year. Mm. Getting into that, but That'd be interesting. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about that later on. <laughs> Mo and I have some testing to do with it, with a few projects, and uh, if those go well, then. Uh, there's a good chance that I'll end up putting a seven PRC together this year. Nice. That's, that's kind of where I'm leaning, but. So Brian, Brian's rifle, um, we used, um, ADG seven SOM brass fire formed it okay. to the Western, mm-hmm. um, and fed two fifteen match primers with reloader 26. Um, the top end load is running right at thirty fifty average. Mm, that's that's pretty good with the one sixty. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's real nice. Yeah, 
That's a HHT. So, yeah, the two hundred. Uh, excuse me, the one hundred and sixty grain HHT. Um, nice. So you know we've been we've been kind of playing the fast light for caliber yeah. game yeah. for several years and and uh because it it works great yeah. Uh, yeah. but we're starting to get this reputation that you have to run hammers fast and that's not true right. you just can run them fast right 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 um so you know much of when we choose we choose cartridges and bullets that we're going to hunt with it's you know thinking about okay you know the promotional end of it you know this is what we did this year and so last year we decided okay well let's you know the 68 western and the pr7 prc the kind of the new kids on the block the hot the hot ticket uh and then run them with some some heavier for caliber bullets mm-hmm. and go hey look see the hammers work good at traditional velocities right. very <laughs> right. well too right yeah uh, and and so yeah um but i think personally you know unless you're really truly shooting long long range lighter faster bullets do work better yeah. you know assuming you have a bullet that can hold up to the impact right right which right. is the hard part for most of um, the lead cores right you know and so that's how we all got marketed heavy heavy right because mm-hmm. i mean it wasn't too many years ago launching bullets over 3000 feet per second was sketchy you know, it may or may not survive the launch. Mm-hmm. And then if you had that animal that popped up under a hundred yards and you hit him with it, there was a pretty good chance it wouldn't survive the impact, mm-hmm. you know? So the solution is heavier, which slows it down. Plus, if you have that short range shot, you've got more bullet to not disintegrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got a better chance of not having that bullet come undone and still get some penetration. Yeah. Um, well, we, we don't have either of those issues. We don't have launch velocity issues and bullets coming undone in flight. And we don't have issues with bullets not handling the impact velocity. So speed kills. Yeah. Yeah. Roy Weatherby was right. You know, when he set out to make the Weatherbys, it was coming home from a hunt and having poor results with slow bullets and going, no, I think we need to run faster for better terminal performance. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's how he began his journey was trying to figure out how to run that higher velocity and, and hunt with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and that is, it is a, a phenomenal point. Cause a lot of, I know that, um, what was that Jay was running? He had the, the 300, um, I think he had a 3378, 3378. That's what it was. And, and uh, he, our, our buddy, um, we both, I, I used to work with, um, and, and you see it work sometimes. Uh, had a 3378 and with 180 grain Acubons, I think from Nosler, uh, he actually breached the warranted, uh, limit to where when he called and said, Hey, I'm not getting good accuracy. And they're like, well, what are you running? They basically told him they couldn't warranty the bullet. I think it was anything over 3,200 feet yeah, per 3, second. Yeah, 3,200 feet per There was a cutoff there oh. where even as a bonded bullet, you know, it it was... You can go too fast for that, yeah. and it'll just it'll just smash yeah, it. It'll just have it come apart as soon as it goes inside. So, yeah. Yep. Um. So that is a, that is a phenomenal point, you know, and that's <laughs> that, that's I think an awesome take on onto 
what the need for bullets like this is, especially with some of these older cartridges where you can really get them zinging out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, re- I remember it wasn't very, well, you know, 20, 20 years ago or so, you know, that the dream of running 3000 feet per second, mm-hmm. you know, it was, that was in a, in a hunting rifle that just seemed way out there, you know, and, <laughs> and now, you know, if, if we're not running 3000 feet per second now, I feel slow. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause most, most of the stuff we run is in the, you know, 32 to 3,600, mm-hmm. um, with the rifles we set up, you know, talking in our conversation today, you know, Brian's rifle in the six, eight Western, you know, he's running that 160 grain at, what did I say, 30, 50. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also runs the 122 grain HHT out of it at 3,400. Um, you know, and, and for hunting out to 600 yards, I'll take that 122 grain all That's day probably long. probably your max point blank range at uh, that speed. <laughs> yeah, not quite that far. <laughs> but, but for about 400, you know, with the right zero. Yeah. yeah right. You yeah, know, right. Um, and you know, and that's anymore. That's kind of how I set my rifles up. I set them up for the max point blank range capability. So I start looking at what, what I can get out of each bullet, you know, velocity wise. And what, what's my best max point blank range capability, mm-hmm. you know, based on a, a a 10 inch radius, you know, which covers the kill of a deer, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, when you start getting into those mid three thousands for velocity, then yeah, you can out to 400, 425 yards, you can hold dead zero yeah. and not, not adjust your hold, you know, and out to 500 yards, you're holding top of the backs. So you're holding hair to 500 yards. Mm-hmm. Right. Without having to do any real thinking, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, for for me, that's just you know, I get get the range. If it's less than my max point blank range, all I've got to do is concentrate on shooting. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about drop. Yeah. Your, um, is your dial right? Is any of this other stuff right? Yeah. yeah. You know, how much do I need to hold up? You know, how much should I dial? You know, what do I need to do? You know, so out to four hundred yards, being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think makes a guy pretty lethal. Yeah, yeah you know, And if it's farther than that, hopefully they don't know you're around and you've got plenty of time to figure it all out. Right, right. Um, yeah. Which, uh, but yeah, it's, it's so nice to just figure out, okay, all I've got to figure out is where am I going to get my rifle so that I can get steady. And then all I've got to do is concentrate on breaking the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that is a phenomenal, phenomenal point because so many people, you know, especially if you live in an area where the, the shot opportunities are few and far between, when you when you get to that situation, mm-hmm. I mean, your brain is going a million miles an hour. You know, this is what you've been working for, getting to this position, this animal, it's legal, it's go time, you know, and, and you, there is, there is yeah. arguably when, you know, when you're using one of those dialed turret scopes and you're having to set up a whole bunch of stuff to, to get on that animal, I mean, it's, it's a lot to remember in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and certain animals, like I mean, caribou, for instance, don't stand still for very long. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I know I know we've talked before. You know, always trying to 
zero at like uh you said you know 200 yards mm-hmm. you know right. just kind of to extend that max point blank out yeah yeah, yeah. i'm zeroed at 250 with those 168 hhts on my 300 short mag are you really and uh I'm, my max i i don't i i go up two and a half inches and then back down to that i think okay gotcha was, so, what's, I mean, what's that put you back put you out to at the when you drop the two and a half inches um <laughs> Probably three twenty five. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Meh, I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember, but mm-hmm. but still yeah. holding on hair. But out to three hundred, you're right. you're holding dead on. Oh yeah, much, know, yeah, all yeah, day exactly. long. Yeah, which is yeah. over. Yeah. What? Have, have you guys played with the JBM ballistics? It's an online yeah. calculator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yep. that's what I use. That one, that one will you put your dope in, and it will calculate your max point blank yep. range. Yep, and your max point blank range zero. Yep. So if you do your zero work, say at 200 yards and get spot on, then put your dope in yeah. into the, the JBM and it will tell you that, you know, say your, your max point blank range zero is 367 yards. Yeah. Right. And so you can look at it and go, okay, I've got to dial up three and a half MOA. I'm just pulling all these numbers out of my rear. But <laughs> You dial up three and a half MOA and then carry your rifle there. So you're dead nuts now at 367, mm. but you're inside that five inch radius, mm. you know, so your high point is around 200 yards. You're hitting five inches high and then they're at 400, whatever, 420 yards, you're five inches low. So as long as it's less than 420 yards, you're going to make that five inch radius holding center mass. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, for, and, for probably 85% plus of all hunting shots, even up here in Alaska, mm-hmm. most people aren't shooting much past 300 yards on, mm-hmm. on, on, on a consistent well, basis. Yeah. And honestly, you don't have to. No. You know, we, we talk about long range all the time on this show and we've all shot animals at long range. You, yeah. you included Steve. I know we've talked on the phone before about, about some longer range shots and whatnot. And, um, but Honestly, it's fun getting in close. It is a lot of fun. You know, even over there in Africa where I was, you know, we yeah. shot, I think I shot my spring buck at 440, 450, somewhere in there. Um, that's, that's long in Africa. Right, right. And, but I, it was almost like uh, I had more fun shooting an Impala at 90 or, yeah. you know, like, yeah. or a pig at 30. You like, feel like you're was, in their kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was just a little bit more fun. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they're, you know, again, shot opportunities are more prevalent. Yeah. You know, can't be as picky mm-hmm. in, in Alaska sometimes, which is why it's nice to be able to shoot long range because if it's last day of moose season and you see one 600 yards away, it's nice to know you can make mm-hmm. that poke, you know. But at the same time, I, I, I think inside 500 is where I like to keep it these days and it just seems to be a little mm-hmm. bit more fun that way mm-hmm. for me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's like I tell all my, brown, all my brown bear clients, you know, I've had a few guys ask, well, what's more what's our maximum shot distances. And some of them, I've had a couple of guys that have brought some guns that are fully capable of, of killing out to five, 600 yards. You know, mm-hmm. some of these real sleek rifles, which you don't need for coastal brown bear hunting, but they'll ask that question. And I say, well, our max shots are, you know, in an ideal world, we're trying to be a hundred yards or less. And yeah. uh, that's just part of the fun. You know, it, it's, it's a dangerous animal. You don't want to have too many variables with a long shot right. and wounding it. And you want, you want that bear to get the maximum effect yeah. of your bullet and, and the, and the velocity at close range. And I want 
the maximum chance of you making a good shot. Absolutely. So just get in close. And to me, that's most of the Especially, fun. Especially, I would think, dealing with clients that may have never seen a brown bear before. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little extra excitement. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. yeah you ain't kidding. Yeah. Let's take a break real quick. Hammer Bullets produces what we at the Northern Hunter consider to be the most premium and best working monolithic bullets on the market today. These bullets are easy to load, extremely accurate, and best of all, they're always in stock and ready to ship. The guys at Hammer designed them so that after penetrating the hide of an animal, it sheds its petals, initiating a massive energy dump while retaining the rear shank for maximum penetration. These bullets are built with 100% focus on how they perform on game, and their proprietary designs produce great BCs with specialized pressure grooves for amazing inherent accuracy and speed. They have a minimum expansion velocity of 1,800 feet per second, which allows for long-range shots, but with no maximum velocity, making them perfect for every cartridge from your granddaddy's old 3030 to the high-velocity round like the Weatherby 3378 without having to worry about your bullet failing. To view their expansive selection and find the perfect match for your hunting needs, go to hammerbullets.com and use discount code the Northern Hunter to drop the hammer on your next adventure. You've got uh let's back up just a, a quick minute here. So you've got a uh fairly long, extensive history in hunting. Um, you know, been been doing it for a while now. Um so Tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about what prompted the start of Hammer Bullets. What made you decide, you know what, none of these options are good enough <laughs> and kind of just go off and make a newer, better, improved version um, of what you were using. Because that I love hearing the backgrounds to every, every bullet manufacturer. And, and so I'm sure you. Yeah. So you, you kind of hit it there. You know, it, um, Brian and I grew up hunting. Um, you know, so from kids on and, and I don't know, we, we met 25 years ago and started hunting together. Um, and we're of like mind and we were always looking for that better bullet, mm. you know, trying to find that bullet that would, that would make our deer nice and dead, but not blow him to pieces. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. And that was kind of, that was kind of our motivation, you know, it, both grew up you know if if dad didn't do well hunting that year we didn't have a lot of meat you know and so when we learned to hunt it was like you know okay behind the shoulder you don't get too close to the shoulder we don't want to lose that meat. yeah absolutely yeah you know and that that's how we both grew up hunting and you know so making that shot on a deer and and putting it where it needed to go but still losing shoulder meat um just violated yeah yeah you know it's like man i didn't hit the shoulder but i've got all this this destroyed meat that i've got to throw Mm. away it's Um, valuable stuff you know and so we were yeah and so we were those weird guys that would go to the range and set up milk jugs and shoot bullets and catch them to see what they do and (laughs) and that kind of stuff (laughs) i don't know anybody like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, so in, in that process, we found copper bullets and, you know, found that, you know, the, the, they didn't, they don't damage as much meat because they don't fragment in so many tiny little pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're more, the fragmentation of a copper is, is bigger pieces. Yeah. Um, and so a lot less meat damage. And so we liked that and, 
we shot uh, several other copper bullets on our way to here, you know, but everything had some sort of an issue, whether we couldn't, couldn't get it or, you know, didn't, didn't do what we wanted it to do, that kind of thing. And so we, we wound up buying a lathe and putting it in my garage (laughs) and set out to make it. (laughs) And, you know, we still joke about it. You know, if we had it to do over again, I don't know that we would, Mm. Uh, it was hard. Um, it, we just, you know, we just thought, you know, you know, we assumed so much stuff, but we just thought if we just got the, you know, the most pure copper, that would make the best bullet. Mm. Right. And so we, we did, we ordered, we ordered up pure copper and it didn't work. Yeah. Mm. Uh, right. You know, it, everything works really good at high velocity. It's, it's when the velocity starts getting lower. Right. That's when things get hard. Yeah. Uh, get, get difficult to get that bullet to do what it needs to do, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I mean, a funny story with that, you know. We, I said, we assumed a lot of stuff, you know. So we're making these bullets, and we had this design, and we're out shooting them, and it's working great. And we, we hunted that fall. We shot a. There's well on our website. There's a picture of me and Brian sitting on a tailgate of a pickup with a truck full of elk and deer, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. That was the first hunting season with hammer bullets. And we, you know, we did the, our group, we shot, I don't remember, you know, six or eight elk and a half a dozen deer. Wow. And, <laughs> and it was, you know, it was, it was quite a trip and, and everything worked great. It was all flawless, you know, and, and I had, I shot an elk that year at like 600 yards and it worked great. And, <clears throat> you know, and we, we'd been online, you know, uh, more or less announcing this is what we're going to do. You know, we're getting, you know, this, we're figuring this out and we're going to launch the company and all this stuff, you know, and, and this guy got a hold of me um, from an online magazine in California and wanted to write an article. So of course, I'm jumping all over that. I sent him bullets and uh, you know, anyway, I hadn't heard back from the guy. And so I got a hold of him and, and asked him, you know, what how how it was going and he said oh well i gave those bullets to some other guys i just don't have a big enough gun to to run them and i was like yeah just like you just did what (laughs) 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 what (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) and you know so he tells me his his he had a, a a milk jug test that he would do you know and 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 to this day still, we use that same test. Right. Uh, but he had set up a milk jug of a gallon milk jug of water with a box of newspaper behind mm-hmm. it uh, to stop the bullet. And he was shooting the milk jug at 100 yards or something. I don't remember. But he the bullet wouldn't open. Mm. Right? And you shoot him out of a 30-06, and his impact velocity was like 2,500 feet per second. Mm-hmm. And the bullets weren't deforming. And I was like, oh, how can that be? You know, and then we started going through all the kills we did that year. And we never had an impact velocity lower than 2,700. Ah, gotcha. And so they worked great, right. you know. <laughs> and this is one of those things that, you know, I look back at it and go, you know, God is great. Because if he hadn't done that, we would have launched our website with those bullets. and we'd never, we wouldn't be here today. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, um, 
And so anyway, we, we actually had our website ready to turn it on. We were ready to go, okay, we're going live. Had pictures up. We had all the bullets ready. And we hit the skids, you know, uh, and went and duplicated his test. And sure enough, they didn't work. Mm. Um, and so we had to hit the skids and start over, redesign bullets, find different material, um, and and then launch the website. Right. You know, and at that point in time, we still didn't have the material that did what we wanted. You know, we had we had this this ideal of what we thought a bullet should do. And it was for any of your viewers that are terminal ballistic geeks, they can look up um, shooting holes in the wounding theory. Just type it in online and pull up Rathcoombe's physics paper. And so as a bullet geek, I I had read that paper. It took me a whole weekend. I bet some (laughs) guys can do it faster than that. But it it took me a whole weekend to read it. It's not really an easy read either, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) What's it called again? (laughs) Um, Shooting holes in the wounding theory. I'll uh, I'll link that in uh, the description of this Um, episode. There you go. Yeah. um, So anybody that's a geek, it's a a worthwhile read. Mm -hmm. And we based our bullet design on his his theory of how a bullet kills mm-hmm. uh, and what creates the greatest wound channel um, after the bullet impacts. Um, and so that, that's what we were trying to do. Um, and we thought that would, you know, just get good pure copper. That would be easy to do. And it wasn't. And we wound up using another copper that did, it, but not really as good um as what we wanted but we needed to try and get some money out of this lathe that we put in my garage we need to sell some bullets <laughs> and so we we launched the website you know and that that's another great story too you know i was so afraid when we launched the website that the orders were going to come in so fast mm. that there was no way we could keep up <laughs> right uh, right and I was scared spitless, you know, because I just thought everybody was like us, you know, and the next shiny object. Oh, yeah, I got to try that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now nah, the, the hunting, the shooting hunting world is very fickle. They don't change course <laughs> very fast at they all. They get very brand loyal, <laughs> very, very hardcore. Oh, boy. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we launched our website and we got one order the first night. Mm. One one order, that's one actually, order of a box of. I was gonna say that's pretty good. Actually, bullets. I, I'm not gonna lie. I know <laughs> that's the the, the, the gal that made our website. She's like, that's awesome, and I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not gonna pay the that's rent. Not, one lousy box of bullets. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So anyhow, yeah. You know, so there's a, a shout out to Rich Coyle. Hopefully, he'll see this. He was our first customer. Nice, nice. Um, and you know, I yeah, he still buys bullets. Uh, and great, great guy. Mm. But yeah, he was he was our very first customer. Um, and yeah, that was it. It was you know, it was rough in the beginning. Oh you know, yeah, you know, we um, we. Uh, I think just stubborn enough to not quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most people would have quit. Um, you know, it was, there was, there was two or three years there where 
Brian was working his full-time job as a carpenter. I sold my landscaping company, liquidated it, shut it down mm. so that I could go run this hammer bullet thing. Mm. And, you know, Brian paying me out of his paycheck so that I could make my house payment. Wow. No. Uh, I don't know if it was <laughs> harder on him or harder on me, you know. <laughs> right, uh, right. You know, call him up and say, hey, Brian, I got to make a house payment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, okay, all right, you write me a check, you know, and never balked at it. Yeah. You know, but we we did that for a few years. Yeah. Um, and made it through that. And pretty soon the company was starting to pay its own way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then then started paying our way and and neither one of us have a, a day job anymore this is it perfect uh, perfect very well you know and and about three years ago you know as as entrepreneur as an entrepreneur it's very hard to say i think i think we we made it mm-hmm. uh, right and it's still really hard it's still really hard to say yeah because um, there's always the next step you know, the next it, level but, to get to Right. You know, and, and it's still, I mean, we're still swinging at the ball, you know, as long as somebody will throw it, we'll, we'll swing at <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we're still scrapping for what we can get. Um, but yeah, about three years ago, we started going, okay, I think, I think the snowball might be going down the other side of the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, we got it, we got it, we pushed it over the top. Yeah. And I think it's, it, we, we've got, we, we're not, pushing anymore it's it's rolling we're just trying to make sure we keep up with it yeah. well yeah. and especially for the industry you're in you know like if you were to be making hunting clothing ultralight hunting clothing yeah. you know yeah you've got your sitka guys and your kuyu guys and your stone glacier guys but like every gear nut is going to see ooh, new jacket now oh new rain gear you know oh, i'll try that you know why not i can still yeah i still have this but when specifically when it comes to bullets whether you're a Nosler guy, a Barnes guy, a, a Swift guy, Hornady. A, a Hornaday guy, like, oh, nothing kills like 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 this does. Yeah. Nothing will kill the way this does. Right, like, oh, right. you all you guys, you know, there is you, so much. You boys and your burgers, you're just yeah. wounded animals. You yeah. know, it's like, and, and and so you get a lot of ego yeah. involved. In so it, much ego involved. They're so in the invested industry. in their yeah. one. It, it's almost like, oh yeah, this is this is how my dad did it. Yeah. That's how I did yeah. it. It's always worked really yeah. good. So you come out with yeah. a new bullet, and yep. it's almost like rather than being excited, they're like, oh, we got to prove these wrong. And we got to prove back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> so, there's a lot of pushback in the bullet world. Yeah. There's there's a bit of that. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that happens, you know. And so yeah, we have the we have the hater club. <laughs> um, and so I have to kind of take it, I guess, as a badge of honor. I guess when you get to that point where you got people that don't like you just because you're doing well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's kind of a badge of honor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, if everybody's happy with what you're doing, then you're doing something wrong. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's hard to find people that use them that don't like them. There's there's yeah. there's probably some out there, but not very many. Nobody in this room, uh, I'll tell you that. <laughs> l- l- let me let me ask you this: of the people who don't like hammer bullets, do they? And I don't even know if you know this, but do they tend to be more of the lead core people or other mono monolithic people like Barnes people or something like that? Do you, it, it, if you even know that info, no, they're le- lead core lead core, lead core guys. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The lead core guys that believe in 
you know, bullet energy dump, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, where the <laughs> bullet goes in and it totally explodes and that's, you drop all the energy and that's how you kill animals, you know, and it's, <clears throat> it doesn't, you know, they make a pretty good wound right off the get go, but boy, they have a lot of issues, yeah. you know, and, and energy, energy dump isn't it. It's a wound channel that makes a wound well, and, exactly. and that bleeds out nicely. And, and that's exactly. the hardest part, honestly, is, is, is finding that, that channel, you know, both combined, yeah. you know, because you can't have a too thin of a wound channel either, you yeah. know? And so you kind of have to have, no. you can't have a bullet that holds together too good yeah. and you can't have a bullet that comes apart too, too good either, yeah. you know? And so all the testing I've seen of them, it's comparable in what you would call energy dump, you know, almost to a, like an Acubon, like mm-hmm. a bonded lead core bullet. Yeah. But it's longer. Yeah. Like it, from everything I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so it, it carries yeah. further into the vitals, further right. into, into yeah. the animal and, yeah. and creates that, that just that extra depth of trauma. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, where that gets really important is, you know, hardly ever, and you guys know this, you guys get to shoot more animals than most people. Um, hardly ever is that animal actually dead broadside. Yeah, they might look. They look like it, right? You right, look at right. Your broadside, <laughs> but they're almost always angled a bit, you know. Yeah. And then you yeah. get to them, and it's like, oh, I guess he was angled more than I thought. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? But those those angled shots, you know, or those shots where we need to, you know, uh, you know, get in the that last rib and get to the far shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, where we need we actually need to get you know the two and a half feet of penetration. Right, uh, right. That's where it gets really important, you know, yeah. um, or those, those shots that are quartering too. And you wind up taking on a, on a shoulder bone, you know, cause you hit, you know, three inches farther left than you were aiming. Yeah. yeah and you actually yeah. take, take right on that bone. Yeah. You know, it, that's a tall order for a lead core bullet it is. to be able to do that. Right. A lot yeah. of cases. And then you got to, then you got a train wreck and now you're tracking right. and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Exactly. Yeah, and you guys understand the tracking thing. You don't get paid to track; you get paid to hunt, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, just for our listeners, um, d- just to clarify exactly how you ended up on the design that you did with the hammer expansion and shedding of the pedals and the the the, the terminal performance is what you guys focused on the most, right? You had shot lead cores, yeah. and then you said that you had tested a lot of copper bullets, and you weren't quite satisfied. So maybe just go into some detail about what your ideals were when you started building your first bullets, and then what you wanted them to do performance-wise once they hit game. Yeah, so what we knew we wanted is we knew we wanted that, that nose to, to peel back like the banana, right? Mm-hmm. You know, three or four pedals. Okay. We don't we don't score our bullets or or broach them or anything like that to make them peel specifically. We just have a hole that's exactly in the center, and the and the bullet will decide, you know. But it's usually four four petals that they open up. Um, in the beginning, all we knew is we wanted them open and we wanted them to shed. Mm-hmm. And our our focus was the retained shank. Right. We didn't give a rip about that shed weight. Um, didn't matter to us. We just knew we wanted it off and we wanted that retained shank to be flat and square on the front. Kind of like if you shot a 
flat base bullet backwards. Yep. Mm, yep. Right. And the old, the old timer that taught me how to reload was an Alaskan and they, they used to shoot flat base bullets backwards on the big bears. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. You know, so they, they would load their flat bases backwards and that's what they used for hunting bear. Yep. Um, you know, and so that's, I, I knew about that, you know, and, and, and the shooting holes in the wounding theory. So it was all about that flat square front so that it would straight line penetrate. Yep. And that flat square versus a rounded mushroom, you know, even, you know, the, you know, the, the, the double caliber mushroom, right. That's what, mm-hmm, that's yeah. what everybody's goal has always been, yep. but it's nice and round and that kind of parts its way through that soft tissue Mm-hmm. versus a smaller flat square that that pushes material perpendicular to the direction that it's going yeah so yeah. It, you actually create a larger wound with a smaller frontal because it's flat and square yeah so that that was what we were after that was our goal you know and then along the way we started noticing what was going on with this shed weight and what it was doing you know so then we started paying attention to it and then uh tailoring or fine-tuning the bullets to okay you know well gee that shed weight looks pretty good maybe we should shed more Mm -hmm. you know and so (laughs) we've we've been on both sides of what i think is perfect you know where we were um shedding a little too much and and not shedding quite enough Mm, you know there's kind of a there's a spot there in the center where it performs best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we found that if we, you know, w- with the copper that we use, we can control our weight retention based on hollow point depth mm-hmm. and it stays the same, whether it's high or low velocity. So, right. you know, if it's, if that hollow point depth is at the point where it, it, it retains 60% of its weight, it'll do it throughout that range of impact. Mm. Um, but make it go a little deeper and retain, say, 50%, right, mm-hmm. and shed 50%. Well, what we found is the process of opening and shedding more weight takes longer. Mm. So then this stuff all happens in fractions of a second, right? Right, right. Yeah. But it takes longer for that to happen, and that robs robs that projectile of forward momentum or velocity yeah and then it doesn't have as much velocity left after the shed so it wounds the wound gets smaller mm-hmm. yeah right and that's the problem with those energy dump bullets the ones that come undone yeah and then then they lack wound after that so you you wind up with a small wound big one in the beginning and then very little after that right yeah. very yeah. shallow and yeah yes and so by keeping that velocity, then we can create a bigger wound. You know, mm-hmm. I, probably the best way I've come up with to explain it to people is, you know, my my magic bullet theory. If I could make a magic bullet, this is what it would do. It would it would have its ballistic form and fly through the air. And when it when it hits the animal, then it would instantly turn into its terminal form mm-hmm. and then pass through that animal and not lose a single foot per second. Right. 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 Because the size of the hole that it makes is a function of how fast it's traveling. Mm-hmm. 
So as a bullet gets slower, that hole gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. You know, so those guys that say that a bullet should be caught in the hide on the opposite side, that did, that was, that's perfect. Mm. Right. Well, they don't have sensors in them that say, okay, I'm trucking along through the vital tissue. Oh, I'm on the other side. I'll stop now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They, <laughs> they, they don't have brake of, sensors. Yeah. Right. It just runs yeah. out of gas. Yeah. And then, you know, the bullet that enters three inches and then comes undone. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have sensors on how far they've gone in either. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a function of how fast it's going when it hits. Right. Um, you know, how far it takes for it to, to open up and shed. And so the, um, that that theory of dump and whatnot, it, it just doesn't work. So mm-hmm. that, that magic bullet that goes all the way through and never loses a single foot per second makes the largest wound channel mm. yep. of anything. Yep. Right? Absolutely. So that's that's what we're trying to replicate, you know, mm-hmm. which isn't possible, but that's yeah. what we're after. Right. Getting getting as close as you can to that to that project. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I would say you guys have, have done a, a dang good job from everything I've seen. Yeah. I mean, that's it, the, the penetration you get off these things at, at, you know, again, comparable to other bullets. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it, it's really phenomenal stuff. Yeah. So then basically the design of the hammer bullets, whether it's an absolute hammer, a hammer hunter, a shock hammer, the basis of all of your bullet designs is to enter, immediately shed the pedals as quickly as possible which then allows for that flat-nosed shank to continue on with as much velocity as possible through the animal. And then in an ideal world, punch a hole in the offside and have plenty of velocity left over to just keep on going right through that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so all of our our hunting bullets are designed to open and shed um, and and that flat retained front. You know, so we've got... You know, we've got all these different kinds of bullets and it gets a little confusing and we've made too many. Um, <laughs> no, you but, haven't. you know, the, <laughs> so, you know, I love we've, it. we've got, we've got what I, I kind of figure we've got three, three main lines of bullets. Um, the, the, the shock hammer, the hammer hunter, and now the new HHT, the, mm. um, the, the polymer tip bullet. Um, and then. You know, then there's that absolute hammer, which is kind of a wildcat. I, I leave it out there as it's it's a little bit of an outlier because it's it's different. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't behave as far as loading like a traditional bullet. It's it, the engraving pressure is so low on it, it doesn't line up with traditional uh, data. It takes more powder and faster powder to get to pressure. Mm. So. It, it it's it's a little bit out there you know and i've got a note on the website that says hey if you're not comfortable going out and developing a load without any supporting data leave this one alone right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, you know if you're comfortable going out and and figuring it out and and loading a wildcat cartridge that nobody's loaded before then you're going to be fine loading the absolutes mm. um, yeah. yeah so yeah that the hammer hunter um was our our first you know longer range design bullet designed with some bc in mind we're trying to get decent bc out of it um and then the shock hammer is just designed to be that perfect normal range hunting bullet Mm -hmm. that 
is flawless. Uh, it's probably my know, favorite so bullet that you make is the shock hammer. Yeah, and, you know, it yeah. fits exactly what you're doing, especially with the bears. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a larger hollow point, blunt-nosed bullet, yep. um, you know, kind of designed along the lines of that uh, A-frame type bullet. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and and it will retain a little bit more weight than the, the Hammer Hunters or the HHTs, yeah. which sometimes is a good thing sometimes not as good a thing you know there there's gives and takes to that shedding and not uh, sure. a more or less weight sure um there's just a shorter nose bullet and, and all of our bullets are designed to shed basically to the shoulder mm. uh where 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 the nose meets full caliber right uh, right is is where we we run the hollow points to um and then the HHT the polymer tip which is the new line that we launched this last summer, last June. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I guess, I, you know, I get to eat a bunch of crow over this because I, I was the guy that was very vocal that there would never be a tip in a hammer bullet. Because um, <laughs> we, we tried it. You know, we were long-range guys before we ever started making bullets. We were playing the long-range hunting game. And so we were chasing the BC and after that, you know, and, and wanted, and we tried tips on, on several occasions and, you know, just like our very first bullet, they worked really, they work really good at high velocity, but then when you get down to low velocity, then they start having issues. Mm. And that, that tip is a plug in the hole that has to get out of the way to get fluid in the hole. So the bullet will open up from the inside out. Right. 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 And our our current tip is no different. It's still a plug in the hole that's got to get out of the way. Right. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I said, we'd never, we'd never have one because we couldn't, couldn't get them to work as good as our open hollow point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a good, good buddy of ours was out visiting, uh, Give him a shout too because he gets a little credit because he's the one that forced us to do it. Dallas Hardaway, um, <laughs> here's to you. Um, you know, he's out visiting, he's like, Oh, you guys got to do this, you got to do it. And we're like, Yeah, no, we've tried that, it doesn't work, we're not doing it, you know. And so, we kind of set out to prove to him that it wouldn't work. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> so, this time, you know, we we the the tips that we got a hold of and the material they're made out of and and the way they're shaped and the way we married the bullet to that tip you know we started shooting them and it's like hey this is working mm-hmm. so we started hunting with them and then got them out to got them out to people that can shoot way more animals than we can and get them you know everything works good in gel mm-hmm. you know it animal testing is where it really that's when you find out if they work yeah right and so about a year of testing you know in africa and australia Mm -hmm. and and here at home you know and and you know we didn't really count but i'm sure at least a couple thousand animals shot with with hhts um (laughs) before before we just we were convinced that it was going to be good I remember we were talking on the phone and this this was shortly before uh, the release of the HHTs and um, 
you, you told me a, a catchphrase you wish you could put on the bullets if you could find a way. I won't say it unless you're comfortable with it, but it was hilarious along those yeah. lines. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, yeah, because you see all that stuff out there. You know, no animals are harmed in the testing of this product. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, ours is heavily animal tested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which in this industry, that's what, that's it takes. what you want. That's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like Roy Weatherby, after he came back from his, from his hunts and said, I'm not getting good enough kills. This is not what I like. The first thing he did was built some rounds and built a couple of guns and then went back to Africa time and time and time mm-hmm. again, because that's your, I mean, that's like your driving range of the hunting world because you can shoot so many yeah. animals in such a short amount of time. I straight commented that exact thing to my PH when I was over there. Yeah. I was like, it makes perfect sense. I've always wondered like, you know, why I, when, I, when I'd see yeah. any bullet developers over there testing it ammo i'm like man that's an expensive trip just to test if a bullet works you know like i mean man my goodness you're paying the airfare and the lodge fee and the guide fee and all this other stuff just to go shoot a different kind Mm -hmm. of animal with your bullet but but it's shooting the number but it's the numbers and and they're tough oh yeah african animals are tough yeah i mean they they have a will to live like you've never seen before and they have a different will don't they they do (laughs) and but it's the shot opportunities i mean you could test a bullet 10 times a day if oh, you're yeah. out there, you yeah. know, in, in a good, on, on a good piece of land with a good pH. Like, I mean, if you're not, if you're just hunting a cold package and you're not yeah. picky about what you're shooting, I mean, yeah. all day long, you know, yeah. so you're shooting it, to test performance on the real thing. Yeah. So we, we go over there with six guys shooting, you know, and, and we get, a, we get, you know, in, in a week's time, you know, we get 50, 60 animals. Right. Uh, right. You know, and, you can't get anywhere near that here. No. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Drawing you know, tags and, and, and points can, and, yeah. Right, and we can get that done in a short period of time. So you're looking at, you know, you're looking at wound wound channels one right after another, you know. So mm. everything's fresh in your head, you know, and it's all right there at the same time. Yeah, you're, you know? yeah. you're not referencing pictures from last year's elk or anything like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now you can start seeing patterns of what's happening yeah. um you know versus okay i shot that deer last year and when i shot the one this year um yeah. i i think they kind of did the same thing or they didn't do anything close to the same but it's now you know you've got a year and only two animals and it's really just a one-off right um, right yeah yeah you know you, got a you, much haven't, larger... you haven't gathered any data yeah um, yeah right. much larger data set when you can shoot that many animals right. in that in that span yeah. of time I'm glad you guys developed the HHT. I think uh, I think that's my favorite bullet. Mm. Uh, I'm very excited about them. You know, it, again, I got to eat that crow because I said it wouldn't work, mm-hmm. and <laughs> we've <laughs> we've we've actually got them working better than the Hammer Hunter. Yeah, and, you know, and so I, um, it's I can very honestly say I think we set a bar for terminal performance with the Hammer Hunters. Um, you know, across the industry, I think we, 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 with that bullet, we've got a better overall wounding capability, or I shouldn't say wounding here. I should say terminal performance capability right? than anything else out there. And now we come out with this, this HHT mm-hmm. and it's actually a level higher. It's a little bit better than that hammer hunter. 
you know, yeah. particularly in the low to mid impact velocity. So from that, that 2000 to 3000 foot per second impact, which is more or less where everybody's hunting velocities are, mm, you know, right. you know, and your, your, your average guy that's out there shooting a gun that, that starting out at 3000 feet per second, his impacts are right there. Right. You know, you know, from 2000 to 3000 feet per second, he's in that, in that window. Unless you're stretching and, out a long ways. Yeah. The right. 90% you know, of hunters. Yeah. And, and then also the tip, the HHTs, we, I'm very comfortable giving them a 1700 foot per second minimum impact for full, full deformation and shedding of the nose. Not, right. not, not that it rolled back a little bit. We go, Hey, see, look, it expanded. It's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I will say it is, is one of the biggest problems with the the like lead core industry and even honestly other mono metal bullets yeah. uh the barns are really notorious for that where you know once you start pushing those lower levels they'll flower but they're not yeah they're not full expansion you know and, yeah. and even things like um you know i hate i hate to dog anything about them because you know used them for a long time but acubons you mm-hmm. know like even those you you hit towards that 1800 feet per second and it'll expand, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you hit something hard, you yeah. know. But I mean, it's not going to be anywhere near what is shown in pictures and stuff, right. what you're expecting it to be. Well, um, if, if, if you look at a lineup of photos, and let's just take a Barnes bullet mm-hmm. and of shot into ballistics compound, right? Yeah. And uh, if you have one that's shot in there at 3,000, then you might shed a pedal or two. You know, it, it overly deforms. Mm-hmm. And then it, 2800 it's got all four pedals and they're peeled all the way back to the bottom of the hollow point and then you get down to 22 2000 feet per second and that expansion goes less and less and Mm -hmm. less farther down those pedals and you just get the smaller and smaller and smaller expansion until you know minimum impact velocity say is 1700 feet per second well, sure, it does expand, but like you said, it it, it loses the blue tip and then it peels just a touch <laughs> it's, back. It's a little and, flower. Hey, you got expansion, thing. and that's <laughs> but, that's yeah. it's a pretty button, much that's, it. yeah. that's pretty much the standard for mono metal bullets. And, mm-hmm. and, and the Hornady CXs do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much any mono metal bullet of traditional design of wanting to retain those pedals. Yeah, they are built to just expand less and less and less at lower and lower impact velocities. Mm-hmm. But the hammers, they're designed to. Um, expand, shed the pedals, and continue with the shank down to what they're advertised to. Right. That's right. that's the biggest difference. Yeah. And, and, and I will say that's that's honestly, you guys are the first company to convince me to use a monumental bullet. <laughs> um, cool. Previously, I had sworn them off, you know, yeah. just for multiple reasons. And I was like, ah, you know, I, I was one of those those lead core bonded guys. And, I got and long arguments in this um, studio and hunting camps. It, it was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hours and um, hours. <laughs> but again, like I said, you know, I mean, due to all the testing that I've seen you guys do, you know, you're not losing anything as far as your, yeah. your, your, I don't even know what you'd want to call it, but your smack, that yeah. initial, you know, when, when, when those hammers hit a piece of ballistics gel, Oh yeah, it's not a small. It's thing. jumping off the table. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. there's a large wound channel left yeah. behind. So well, I can attest from the animals that I yeah. shot with that 205 out of the 338 RPM last year. Even just a little 205 grain bullet. Yes, it, it flattened that moose when I had to shoot that moose of my clients that was running for the river. 
I've never seen a moose fall to a shot in the ribs like that before, ever. Mm -hmm. But it flattened it. I mean, it went down and I could hear the air just as it, you know, smashed it at like 50 yards. Obviously, it was pretty close, but I'm not convinced that many other bullets would have been able to pull that off and penetrate through the through the amount of moose that I had to go through because he was starting a quarter away. That's the big And part. I had to hit him yeah. in the back of the ribs and then angle up for that front shoulder. And that just mm-hmm. knocked the wind right out of him. Same thing with the brown bear that I had to back up shoot in the spring last year with that same gun, same bullet. Hard quartering away, running for the hills type of shot. You know, he'd already been hit once. The client had shot him. And, and, and the client made a great shot. But in the heat of the moment, you're not 100% sure of it. You can't totally tell where he hit him. All I know is that bear is very much still alive and he's headed for the brush and I don't want to have to go in there unless I have to. And so you put a bullet in there again at the back of the ribs angled up towards the off shoulder as he's running up the bank and it just sacked him. I mean, just Mm. straight down because that expansion happened so fast. I am convinced that it shocked the bottom of the spine and just just broke him down. He was dead. Yeah. Well, I talked about that deer. Yeah, it it creates a massive amount of pressure when they open uh-huh. and shed you yeah. know if they if they don't shed then it doesn't create that you know yeah. some of our our guys that you know that we call them the hammerheads yeah uh, anyhow they, <laughs> they they get into this stuff you know but they 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 call it a, a bubble you know yeah. and, I, yeah. and i used when they first started saying that i was like yeah okay whatever um but they're they're actually onto something, you know that, and that bubble doesn't happen without the bullet shedding. Right, and that's what I yeah. love about you guys' design. Yeah. You know, if they open and hold on to it, then all they do is just get bigger and just kind of and 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 push a small hole. Yeah, uh, it's it's that pop of the shed that creates this bubble that that creates this very large wound channel. Yeah, you know, and we were talking about it earlier, you know, that shedding weight. Um, we didn't give it any any consideration until we started noticing what it was doing, mm-hmm. you know. And those pedals shed, but they don't ra- they don't radiate outwards. Mm-hmm. And right. I don't I don't want them to, you know. And that's that seems to be what happens when you score a bullet or broach it and give it points where it's weak so that it can break. Yeah, yeah. Then they tend to radiate outward, and so you're. You know, sometimes that might be nice if you've got a shot that's way off course, but ours will tend to track with the retained shank. Yep. And so then we wind up with a larger wound channel because we've got four little pieces flying along with it Mm -hmm. a little bit farther out. Yeah. You know, so you'll wind up seeing that exit hole that has maybe three or four little holes around it. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that on some of the animals that I've shot. Those pedals amazingly make it through as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That deer I shot this past, one of the deer I shot this past several months ago now, um, I shot it little, it was a little back. It was a real, very rushed shot, but it it was a little back quartering away and I don't know, two, three inches below the spine. And the, there was a chunk of spine missing. And I don't know where it went. There wasn't a hole that, that but when I cut was, was cleaning that deer later, there was a gap, like a one inch gap in the spine. Yep. From Va- just, I mean, it will vaporize the stomach. Vaporize. And, and it, yeah. it, that's what's got me going now. I need a smaller, I need a smaller gun. I'm shooting, you know, it's a 300 short mag. I'm 3150 with those 168 HHTs. Um, and it's just so fast and so big. 
and there's so much hydrostatic shock that if I had hit it where I wanted to hit it, I probably would have done some meat damage because it was just it was just it was just a little too big. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I was going to ask you that earlier, Steve. Have you because we've had that conversation quite a bit about speed versus mass as far as meat damage goes. What's your experience been with these? I know you mentioned that as part of your motivation for building. Yeah, you know so. You know, overall, it's less than than a than a lead bullet because uh, we don't have that that spray, right? Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. And it's it's a few pieces. Um, higher velocity. You know, if you're shooting on the shoulder, you know, we'll often we'll see more meat damage from bone fragment than mm-hmm. we will from bullet fragment. Yeah, right. um, yeah. yeah. You know, but. Some depending on on how the animal dies, I think um, sometimes you'll get more of a perceived look of of blood in the meat. Mm. But if you start digging in there, it's really not in the meat; it's kind of in the membrane. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah. Bet- between between those muscle groups, yeah. um, and you can just kind of scrape it out of there, and the meat's clean. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think when I say it depends on how it died, if they if they die very instantly, you don't see very much of that. But if their heart continues to pump, exactly. then yeah. you'll see more of that mm-hmm. blood in the in the membrane. Mm-hmm. Um, but it almost always cleans up very nicely. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. Imagine, imagine so. Yeah, you know, it's not often that we see very much meat actually lost. Yeah, whole shoulders to, being to the bullet being cut. No, yeah, it, yeah. Um, you know, but the higher that, you know, you start getting into those impact velocities that are, you know, <laughs> up near 4,000 feet per second, you know, it, 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 it tends to displace more material. <laughs> well, to Just every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, let's take a break real quick. All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and actions securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. Along the path of figure of designing the the perfect bullet, as you were describing earlier, not only did you guys key in the terminal performance that you wanted, but somehow you made one of the easiest to load and most accurate bullets. I think any of us have ever tried. Yeah, Pro- yeah. Um, so, talk a little bit about the, the that process. Your, your the banding of the bullets, the um, the surface you know, surface area, you know, testing that you guys did and whatnot. And how did you land on, on, on the designs that you did? So the, the, the drive band design that we patented, what we call the PDR, mm-hmm. um, 
that uh, so the 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 long short version. <laughs> so we, when we set out to make bullets, we knew we wanted to make a drive band bullet. Mm. Um, you know, but there was there was working patents already out there on drive band bullets. Right. Uh, you know, and so a banded bullet versus a grooved bullet. You know, so the Barnes bullet has grooves in in the bearing surface to reduce the amount of bearing surface. Right. A right. drive band bullet has basically raised raised areas on the bearing surface to reduce the amount of contact. And we had a we had a guy that was helping us with patent stuff, and we were coming up with ideas on on bullets. And we'd take it to him and he goes, well, no, you can't do that because it's stepping on this patent Mm. or that patent, you know, and I'll never forget him telling us after one of our meetings going, think out of the box, you'll come up with something. (laughs) (laughs) So, Meanwhile, remember, we got this lathe in my garage. We got to figure out how to get a bullet out of it so we can make some money. Yeah. And so. My my kid, my youngest son was was still in high school, and he was doing some math homework that I vaguely remembered from when I was in school. But I was like, ah, buddy, I can't help you with this one. Mm-hmm. And it was he was doing stuff with with parabolas. Okay. Uh, and anyhow, the the next morning I was I was taking a shower in the morning and in the shower going, okay, think out of the box. <laughs> you, you come up with something, think out of the box. You know, I started, started thinking about these parabolas and and the radius, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, what if we put, you know, radius drive bands on there versus square ones and we'll call it parabolic drag reduction technology. <laughs> And, you know, the perfect shower thought. (laughs) That's literally where I came up with the idea of the radius drive bands was trying to figure out a way to do it, you know, and, and, you know, but it makes sense. You know, you, you do a a radius, right? The outside diameter of that radius is very finite in the amount of material that's there, you know, versus a, a a square drive band. Mm-hmm. It's not finite, you know. There's that that top across the square that is all touching. Where mm-hmm. on that radius, it's super tiny. The amount of of bullet that's actually making contact on the on the outside diameter of or at the full caliber, right? And so we went to him with this, and he's like, "Hey, I think you're on to something this time. We can patent this one." You know, and so we went through the process of of, of of writing a patent, and 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 sure enough, we got we got a patent. We got our provisional, like I don't know, we submitted it, and we had a provisional patent like inside of a month, and nice. inside of a year, we were granted a patent, um, which nice. is way cool because everything in the gun industry was patented a hundred years ago. Uh, right, right, right. You know, and so to actually get a current patent in the industry is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you know if anybody else in the bullet manufacturing industry was making radius um, pressure grooves on their bullets at that time when you guys were we doing that? We couldn't find anything. You know, that's part of making a patent is you have to go find prior art. 
Yeah. For everything you can find that's as close as you can find to what you're trying to do. Yeah. And and submit that with your patent. Yeah. So that they can review it and make sure you're not doing the same thing they were doing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was previously patented. So no, I mean, of all the stuff out there, you know, all the weird things that were out there, nothing was on a radius. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it wasn't since, you know, the seventies that, you know, the CNC machine became reality, you know, so the ability to make a radius cut just wasn't there. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you, and you, you can't swage to the radius. I don't think, uh, at least not very easily. Cause you can't, I don't think you, I've never swaged bullets, but I, you know, it's, it's a press, you know, and that's not going to work. Yeah. So there's just, it hadn't been done, you know? Mm-hmm. And so our goal with that was to, uh, you know, solve the, the copper bullet issues of, you know, too high of pressure in tight bores, poor accuracy in loose bores, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause the, that's the, that was the million dollar question, you know, how, how big around do you make the copper bullet so that it'll seal the bore and not create too much pressure? Right, mm-hmm. right. Right? Because the lead is softer and it'll obutrate under pressure. So when you have those bores that are tight, they'll, they'll ring down and pop through. Uh, and the bores that are loose, the pressure of the, of the charge behind it will cause it to swell. Right. And and seal the bore. Uh, copper won't obitrate like that because it's harder. Mm-hmm. And so by on that radius drive band, um, we actually can cut the bullet bigger than caliber and not create extra pressure issues in the tight ones, but still seal up the loose ones. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it all has to do with that finite amount, you know, now that accuracy thing, this easy accuracy, uh, I wish I could say that we knew, <laughs> but we didn't, uh, Just you know, a blessing was, from above. <laughs> that's, a, that's another one that I, I, I give to God, uh, yeah. you know, I, I got this great idea, you know, for a radius drive band and along with it comes this, um, uh what do you want to say it's forgiving um, right. you know and my my uh layman's way to explain it i think you know the best i can come up with is because it's so finite on the amount of material on the outside of the bullet it kind of works like a shock absorber mm. uh, you know it it's forgiving when it comes to barrel harmonics and i think it always releases very cleanly from the end of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and this yeah. is all theory. I I can't, I don't know for sure why it does it, but I just know it well, does. It yeah. sounds you know, good anyway. I'll say it makes, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, you know, when we first started this, you know, I was going online and going, Hey, you know, we made a new bullet and, and I just, we load developed it and it, it took us 10 shots and this is what we got, you know, and people would say, well, you just got lucky. And I'd say, well, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I remember there was one time where I was I was posting up on on a forum, you know, a load development we'd done and and you know, and all the data from it. <clears throat> and somebody says, "Ah, well, you just got lucky." And I said, "Well, you know what? I get lucky all the time." 
<laughs> After about the 10th time, you stop thinking it's luck. <laughs> right. You know, there, but there was a point where I'm like, you know what? No, I, I, I get lucky all the time. It's very rare mm-hmm. that we don't have one go really easily. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's, we still run into rifles that are problem children that are, that we have to, we have to work on to get to shoot well. But the vast majority of, of load developments, we've got, we've got it figured out in 15 shots and we're headed off to go confirm drops. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and along those lines, that's one thing I love about you guys' website and what you sell is, is you sell the, the 15 count box tester. Yeah. You know, where, that's one of the smarter things I ever did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Cause you don't see that anywhere else. I mean, you, yeah. nowhere else can you just buy one to try it and see if your gun likes it. Like, yeah. Yep. Without, well, and that's I think that's part of the reason that so many guys don't want to try another bullet because they wind up with another one on the shelf with all the other ones that didn't work good for them. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> right. Half, half a box of bullets up on the loading shelf. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, so and and you know, we're we're a more expensive bullet than most. You mm. know, so it's it's a not a it's not a small investment just to try them. Um, you know, if you're by having to buy 50 or a hundred at a time, mm, you know, yeah. so I got the idea. Why don't we do sample packs in all honesty, they're a pain in the butt, uh, yeah. you know, to just, just pack up that little bag of 15 bullets. But I know when somebody orders one, they're going to order more bullets. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, because they now they 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 were able to go try this try out these new bullets for twenty or thirty or forty bucks, depending on the, you know the how big the bullet is. Right. But they can go try them and and give it a go, and and ninety nine percent of the time it goes really well, and they're buying more bullets. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You know where I may not have got that guy to even try them if we didn't have it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and even people that are sold on the idea of, of the hammers and they know they want to shoot hammers. Um, you know, maybe you don't know exactly what grain or mm-hmm. maybe you don't know if you want a hunter or a shock hammer or yeah. an HHT. Like it, it really allows mm-hmm. you to, to play around and really yeah. figure out what, what is your, your specific mm-hmm. dialed in. For well, you. and that's the thing too, is you guys have so many options. If if you're mm. shooting a 300 Win Mag or a 7 oh, Rem Mag, you've got four pages of bullets to choose exactly. from. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, any common bore diameter, you guys seem to have at least a dozen different bullet options, but that's because there are so many different aspects to the hunting world that, all right, well, I'm, I'm a whitetail guy. I'm shooting 100 yards or less. Well, we have four choices for you. Weight, mm-hmm. weight differences. Um, tailored to barrel twist because within each micro section of a style of hunting, there are different weapons that are going to like different bullets. And so you guys have that very well covered mm-hmm. for every little aspect and every different twist rate. And you have all that information on your website, you know, don't shoot this bullet unless you have this twist rate. Uh, and so oh, I, boy. I, yeah, that, that's a big deal. You know, I, I, got yeah. it in red, I got it in red writing on the top of every page. <laughs> Exactly. Make sure you have enough twist, you know, because the traditional guy that's always shot the 180 grain bullet in his whatever, you know, gun thinks he needs a 180 grain bullet in copper. Right. And what people don't realize is that that copper bullet, because copper is 20% lighter by volume than lead, winds up 20% longer for the same weight. 
yeah. and then needs more twist in order to stabilize it. Because right. the and longer I, the bullet is, the faster you got to turn it so it doesn't wobble. Well, and I think a lot of people misunderstand the the twist rate and stability. They think the weight is is the biggest factor when in fact the length is. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, the weight plays a factor. Yes, but your mm-hmm. length. Yes, when you like you said switching back and forth mm-hmm. between construction types, it's huge. Yeah. It's a yeah. huge change. Copper is a whole different world. Yeah. One of the things yeah. I, 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 I was looking at like 325 calibers, 8 mil for a little while, looking at some of the Wildcat options in that just because there's not any fast options in any factory loads for 8 millimeter. Um, the fastest, I think, is a 8 rem mag, and it's still not very fast. And I've, from what I've read, it's a real thumper on your shoulder. But um, <laughs> and, and getting something factory in that is going to be really hard with a fast twist because it's an older, older mm-hmm. style of design, right? But one thing, you know, I was talking to Dalton about it. He goes, well, there's, that's not a good, um, what was he said? There's, that's not a good ballistic size, right? And what, I've, what I realized was it's not the fact that the size wasn't ballistic, good ballistically. It's the fact there weren't any cartridges mm-hmm. that were designed for 8 millimeter taking advantage of that size. Like, you know, it, the longer and heavier the bullet, the better it is ballistically, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that right. seems to be... So they're just, it, it, but you have to push it at fast enough speed for, or and, and twist it fast enough to make it worth it. Right. And uh, hammer bullets make it, uh, make it so you can pick almost any caliber, mm. neck down, you're given a cartridge so you can shoot it fast enough mm-hmm. and you can shoot that bullet and get good ballistics out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, and even the, the, the HHTs that you guys have just come out with, uh, we had a, a listener write in with a, a Creedmoor question mm-hmm. and what he should shoot in his six, five. And, and what I liked was that you guys had the, I think it was the 118 grain six, mm-hmm. five HHT. And then also I think it was a 123, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, 125. And 125. Okay. And, yep. um, but they were, you know, they're set up for different twist rates. One's a one and eight, one's a one and nine. And so you're in that same ballpark of weight. If you mm-hmm. want to shoot somewhere around the 120 mark. Mm-hmm. Yep. 125 mark but you're able to cater to your rifle what does yeah. your rifle have exactly already and, exactly and so you don't have to choose super heavy if you don't want heavy you don't have to choose light if you don't want light yeah i, I love that you guys have given that many options that's when you when you said we make too many bullets i'm like no nah, no nah. <laughs> like, i love it <laughs> it's one of my yeah, favorite I mean, things about just, hammers <laughs> and, and now we're, we're we're you know we're in the process of filling all those lines in with with more hhts yeah, um, <laughs> you know, so we'll wind up with basically as many HHTs as we have Hammer Hunters. Mm. Um, but you know, you bring up the Creedmoor, and that's a great one because it's you know it's it's wildly popular. It's 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 I think in some ways driven our industry. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, six five bullets are by far our best selling. Um, yeah. You know, well, yeah, not maybe by far, but they are the best selling ones, six five, and I think most yeah. of it's because of Creedmoors, mm-hmm. you know. But then they've spawned the PRCs and all these other six fives that have become popular now. Um, yeah. But yeah, the that Creedmoor, I was I was never interested in it. It's uh, a great grizzly gun. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and. <laughs> And T Rex too, right? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was never interested in it until we were at the range one day, and 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 one of our local customers 
was at the range with a, a 20 inch Seiko Creedmoor and mm. he was shooting our little 85 grain hammer hunter. Mm. And out of that 20 inch barrel, he's running them at 3,500 feet per second. Good night. Whoa. <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute. This looks interesting to me now. So I built one then. Uh, you know, and and my wife shot it in Africa when we went last time, and she killed all of her game with 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 that little eighty five grain. Well, actually, she shot the first the golden wildebeest with the eighty five grain, and then from that point on, then because we had just come out, we just got our first prototypes of the tip, and she from that point on, she was hunting with the one eighteen mm. uh, tip bullet. Um, wow! But that little eighty five grain bullet deck that golden wildebeest um <laughs> going going 35 20 out of my 20 inch suppressed creedmoor <laughs> wow that's yeah. amazing i might have to you know also, i had anti-creedmoor for a long time just because it's the fanboy thing to do but i might have to well, get right. everybody, everybody runs the, the 147 eldms or you know <laughs> like, it's like but i never thought about dropping the weight down that much that's, well, you think about it, you know, you run that and now we've got the 80 grain tip bullet that'll run 3,600 plus out of the Creedmoor. Oh, man. And wow. at 400 yards, the impact velocity of that 80 grain is faster than the 147 at the muzzle. Mm. <laughs> That's amazing. So, wow. You think, you think about that. At 400 yards, it's impacting faster <laughs> than the muzzle velocity of a 147. Oh my, bro! <laughs> I think I know what I'm taking deer hunting next year. Right, that is <laughs> well. Screaming. I've got I've got a, a six five PRC, and yeah. and I've been I've been wanting to order some of those absolute hammers just to see what I can crank out. You guys have those ones. I um, would avoid that one in the PRC. You think so? Uh, yeah, you'll have you don't to really need it. To, you have to fiddle around to find the powder that'll work. But what we found with the absolute is. The more efficient the cartridge is, the less velocity gain we see from the absolute. Mm, okay. So those inefficient cartridges like a 7 mag or a 30 out 6 right. um, we see monster gains in velocities out of those. Yeah. Um, but the, the highly efficient ones, you know, the, the, the newer cartridge designs, not as much. Okay, uh, gotcha. And... So for the extra hundred feet and the the work you've got to do to find that powder that'll get it for you, mm. ah, run the hundred and twenty five grain in the PRC. We can run those things at like thirty four fifty, and it's <laughs> fantastic. Wow, just an absolute laser beam. Yeah, <laughs> the northern hunters yeah, go like caliber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see why you guys. I see why you guys paired up with Weatherby. I mean, it, yeah. it's a perfect, yeah, perfect marriage in there. I mean, yeah. perfect, absolutely. <laughs> so, kind of a question along those lines with with the 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 absolute plethora of options on your website. I mean, are they are these all like more shower thoughts that you had that just ended up on the website? <laughs> shower <or> thoughts. <laughs> is it like? Like uh, customer suggestions, like, hey, could you make something like this? And you're like, yeah, no problem. Like, or, or how did you get it's, to it, this much, you know? Probably a little bit of all of it, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the absolute design, you know, that one's the, 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 
that one, that wildcat of our bullets. Um, you know, that one came about when we were we figure we were figuring out that. Well, I'll back up for a second. Every now and then we would see a rifle that would make the BC of a hammer hunter go bad, mm. right? Mm. And couldn't couldn't figure out why. Um, and I had a customer that called me up one day, and he's we're going through all of his data, and and he's hitting, you know, at at six hundred yards, seven hundred yards, someplace in there. He's hitting like you know three feet lower than he should. Yeah. Uh, for the for what the bc should be and uh you know going through all of his dope and everything's he's doing everything right and i can't you know and so then in the conversation you know it was like uh do you have another six mil you're shooting a six millimeter and uh in the conversation it came up you know that he had intentionally made the bore of his gun one thou tighter mm, okay because he found better accuracy in competition with that tighter bore right right and then i was like well geez do you have another six millimeter and he says yeah i do i've got another one i said well if, if you don't mind would you shoot it and see where the drops are shoots it and the drops are right on mm. and then it's like okay so the only difference here is the tightness of the bore and so what we figured out is that bore is engraving farther out on the ogive, which was causing the BC to go down. Right, right. Right? So my bright idea is, well, let's say make a bullet that can't be engraved on the ogive. Hmm. We'll, fi- we'll fix this. We'll make a bullet that can't, <laughs> that can't be touched by the rifling until it gets to the full diameter of first drive band. Right. And we, we knew that the engraving pressure was going to be reduced by quite a bit by doing it. And so the bullet's been marketed not for the reason we came up with it, but because it's got this huge velocity potential. Right. Yeah. But we were trying to solve a, an issue of engraving on the nose, causing BC to plummet. Right. Right. So that's how we cooked that one up. Uh, you know, and then the other ones, they were all kind of just kind of logical. You know, we wanted that that kind of blunt nose, normal range hunting bullet for the shock hammers and, mm. you know, and a, and a pointy, you know, short bearing surface, long boat tail bullet, you know, and that's the hammer hunter. Mm. And then now the tip tipped version of the hammer hunter. Um, mm. I was going to say, what's the. Uh, um. I see here on your on your website you have the shock hammers and the power hammers. Now we've talked a little bit about this on the show, and we weren't a hundred percent sure what answer to give people. So since we have you, so <laughs> yeah. So the hammer hunters, um, they're all one point five millimeter hollow points. The shock hammers are all bigger than that, right? And yeah, so think- we were we were coming out with varying sizes of hollow points in the shock hammer line, and for the most part they were all two and a half millimeters. And then mm-hmm. as you got into the bigger calibers, they go into three, four, and even quarter inch hollow points. Yeah, I was the, the, I uh, had the three hundred graners for my forty five seventy, and those it's a quarter inch. 
<laughs> yeah. Goodness. Yeah. And then, you know, we started messing around with a two millimeter hollow point, which is what the power hammer is. Okay. Gotcha. And so in the beginning, those, the first ones we did, we called them shock hammers because they weren't hammer hunters. So they're not mm. hammer hunters, makes them a shock hammer, you know, but we started, and this is about the time we started paying more attention to that shedding of weight mm-hmm. uh, from the nose. So the power hammer became a hammer hunter with a two millimeter hollow point. So instead of the 80% weight retention of the shock hammers, we did that little longer nose. They're shaped very much like the hammer hunter, but with a little bit bigger hollow point. And so we decided we should give them their own name gotcha. and, and named them the power hammer. Okay. So they're kind of a hybrid between hammer hunter and shock hammer. Gotcha. Okay. And that's Perfect. what I shot all last year yeah. was that 205 power hammer out of that 338 Weatherby RPM. Yep. Yeah, see, and I think that's I think that's a perfect weight bullet for the 338 wind mag and the Weatherby RPM. It's yeah. just it's it's nice right there. It gets us into that 3,000 ish feet per second muzzle velocity, which yeah. is where I think things start to shine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, it it has performed without a hitch on multiple different sizes of game, all the way down from blacktail deer up to brown bear and moose mm-hmm. without yeah. problems. Yeah. See, and that's that's pretty cool. You know, brown bear and moose, you know, most people are going to look at you and go, you know, that's not big enough for those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and here you can see, you, you, you don't, you know, you're not, you're not guessing at it. You know, I said, oh, I think it's big enough. You're actually out there doing it yeah. and, and have done it before with other <laughs> stuff. And you're seeing great performance out of a yeah. 200 grain class pill. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 338 which yeah. is that's way cool yeah mm-hmm. it was it was awesome i do think that next spring i i, I know you I, you and i have talked about this here recently but i next spring i'm going to go back to my 375 ruger just so i can shoot that 270 grain shock hammer because <laughs> i really want to use that on a brown bear next yeah <laughs> yeah but and that that bullet's pretty cool um yeah. that one's that one's staying with the shock hammer name um, but it's a little different design than most of the shock hammers. Yeah. Um, a little bit smaller hollow point, you know, the, it's a, that's a three millimeter hollow point. And that design came from the first bullets that we designed for a 30, 30 lever action tube feed. Mm. Right. Okay. So we took the 30 cal and we put a three millimeter hollow point in it and then put a little extra meat around the the meat plat so that it would ride around the outside of outside of the outside edges of the primer Mm -hmm. and have some surface area not cause primer damage in the tube feed well and then again we so we designed that to run in a tube feed but then we start shooting animals with it and it's like oh there's something to this this extra meat on that big hollow point it opens easy but now we got bigger bigger pieces of shed material coming off mm-hmm. of it. And so we've now taken that design and adapted it into some of the other stuff like that 270 grain shock hammer. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's that three millimeter hollow point with extra meat around it. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think that is going to be bad news for brown bears. Well, <laughs> well proved. Yeah. Well proven on dangerous stuff. Yeah. yeah it's a, mm-hmm. that's a great pill. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I'm thoroughly convinced that for all of my interior guiding work, that 205 grain power hammer in the 338 RPM is the perfect marriage of velocity and weight and terminal performance. I can shoot that out to four or 500 yards if I need to on a personal hunt. And it gives me a lightweight rifle package overall to carry on a sheep hunt with still enough poop to stop a grizzly bear if we end up shooting a bear on a sheep hunt, which you know seems to happen a lot um, on, on some of these guiding combo packages. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's, yeah. a, that's a great gun for the interior. But yeah, I mean, first year in, in use and I wanted to try it on everything. I wanted to shoot a brown bear with it. I wanted to shoot a moose with it and, and, uh, and all the way down to a black tail deer and a black bear and it worked every single time so yeah i I, I, I think you're on a that that rpm lightweight rifle doesn't yeah. kick the crap out of you um and you got you know but you got that 338 diameter i think is but yeah. which is where i think you know magic things start to happen as far yeah. as stopping power yeah um, right. yeah that's i and you know what you're carrying that mark five i think right yeah, um, it's a little 18-inch barreled backcountry Mark V. Yeah, yeah. Right there, I've got cool, I've got the same cool one, setup. but it's the it's the yeah. I, I have the same caliber, same setup, except I got the the Apex with the 24-inch barrel. So okay, yeah, yeah. So how much more velocity do you get out of that than the than he does? <laughs> Probably 300 per second. Yeah, easy 300. Yeah, yeah. Is it? So, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So you had brought up uh, dangerous game. And I, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to have time to talk about this one, but I wanted to touch on your claw hammer design. Is, is okay. that something you're looking at expanding? I, I see there's only like the three or four options here. Yeah, um, we've, been, or, we've been working on it. We've been working on it a lot here this last year. Yeah. Um, and playing with some different designs and, and, you know, that trip that we made to Australia back in July, that was a big part of that trip was to go test mm solids on on water buffalo yeah um, you know I, I have a new appreciation for that animal i think that's the hardest i believe that's the hardest animal on the planet to kill um, <laughs> from everything i've heard I, i'm inclined to agree with you i've never never tried putting any putting a bullet in one yet but I when think, i get to that tax bracket i will and, and i'll find out so <laughs> yeah i think australia is kind of a hidden secret i don't think it's that expensive um but um, maybe it's not now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <Whoops. laughs> yeah, those I mean those things have like two two plus the big bulls have like two plus inches of hide. Mm. And it's and it's a different kind of hide. They told me the the Aussies were telling me this stuff ahead of time, you know, and I'm and I'm like, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> you know, it we've been to Africa. Those animals are tough. They're not going to be any different, man, that you can, I think you can over engineer a bullet for a water Buffalo and have it be too much, too much for the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, You know, finding that bullet that works perfectly on a water Buffalo, I think really winds up being harder than it needs to be for, elephants and and hippos and and Mm. you know cape buffalo um they're they're a different cat yeah yeah it's it's amazing um you know you i mean you get you get the thing on the ground and 
with a good sharp hunting knife, you can't hardly cut through the hide. Wow. Uh, mm. You know, the, the, the Aussies, they use, uh, you know, give me the Stanley knife, mate. Uh, <laughs> so they carry uh, construction utility knives. <laughs> oh, really? That way you can grab that knife with two hands and pull it through <laughs> that hide with a brand new razor blade in it. And that's what they would use to skin the buffalo. Goodness. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Goodness. Take out the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, but no kidding. Anyway, I, sorry about that. I got sidetracked on buffalo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're working on that claw hammer design. Um, I think, you know, we've got a couple on the website that we made, you know, a few years ago. And, and, mm. I think we're probably changing that design a little bit. Okay, um, gotcha. You know, after doing some more testing and whatnot, um, I think yeah. we're pretty well settled on the design, and we're probably going to wind up doing some in brass. Okay, gotcha. That's, that's super hard. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought we could do it with just our copper, um, but when you start getting up into that fifty cal and bigger. Right. There's, so, there's so much force put against that bullet, it has to get harder, mm. right? Mm. You know, the frontal diameter is so much bigger, you know, and the the bullet hit hard, hits hard, but it also gets hit hard back. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, it, and it causes more deformation on that bullet than we want to see in a solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And especially with that, that kind of just bold face it has i mean it's it's i mean there's not it's it's not piercing its way through anything it's pushing right, right. So. it's it's already in its terminal form right, right. It, yeah. it doesn't need to change on impact it's already there before it hits yeah you know, that is its terminal design right from the get-go um you know but it's interesting you know the african phs they're thrilled with that solid that that mushrooms just a little bit mm. They're all, those guys are all over that, but the Aussies are like, no, mate, that's no good. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, we can't have, can't have any deformation, you know, but there's a lot of those traditional solid guys don't want to have a bullet that deforms at all. Right. You know, if that bullet's soft enough to deform, then it's not a solid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. You know, and that's the, that's the traditional mindset of solids. Um, you know, my, I personally, I'm not much of a solid guy. I don't think they have much great use other than that pH that has a client that can't shoot very good and he needs to run one up the ass of a elephant so they don't have to chase it. <laughs> yeah. So they don't right. chase it for three days after the client wounded it. Right. Uh, right. You might have to cut that out. People get upset about elephants. Yeah. Maybe it's okay. No. On, maybe it's okay on your show. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's gonna stay in. Steve. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we don't care. That's that's the reality of it's hunting. A, it's a hunting podcast. That's that's the real world. <laughs> you know, but that's where a solid makes sense. Is that 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 professional hunter that's got to back up his got his 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 client mm-hmm. that made a bad shot. And hopefully get one, you know, from a bad angle into the into the vitals of an animal, and not have it, not have right. it, you know, run off and be a long, long process that nobody wants to see, uh, you know. But when it comes to just sheer 
terminal performance, the shock hammers work better. Mm, uh, gotcha. Yeah. You know, it, it, I mean, the, the guys in Africa trophy game safari, you know, they're, they're shooting elephants with a, you know, 300 grain in the 416 and, and, and penetrating uh, one side of an elephant to the other. Really? Uh, That's yeah. amazing. And yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, but those shock hammers, they penetrate like crazy. Plus yeah. you get that shock, you know, but on those stupid water buffalo, uh, <laughs> the shock hammer will open up and shed before it gets through the two or three inches of hide. Mm, goodness. <laughs> and so you don't get that, you don't get that pop from the shed on yeah. the inside of the animal. And all you've got is just that solid going through, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it lost, it lost some of its poop getting through the hide. Right. Um, and so the solid there on those guys, you know, and that's another reason we came up with like that 270 grain design, you know, with a little more meat on the nose mm-hmm. to try and delay that opening a bit on that water buffalo hide. And they, yeah. those work great for that. They'll, they'll get through that hide before they shed. Mm, perfect. And then we get all that shock inside the vitals. Right. And, and still, and, but still have that shank and everything that's going to pass through with the pedals. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, well, solids. I can't dangerous wait game to use solids. That it's yeah. a we're learning. We're learning about them. I think. I think we have our design figured out now, though. Perfect. Cool. Perfect. Well, cool. I'm excited to see them. Um, I just had had one last question for you. I know it's getting late, but this is by far one of our favorite parts about hammer bullets. All of us love this one factor that. We'll hopefully continue, mm-hmm. you know, but it's when we go to the website and there's this huge selection of bullets, there's a banner above just about every one of them says in stock, ready to ship, <laughs> even <laughs> through COVID, all this other stuff. It's like, which became a high rarity when you're looking for any other kind right. of bullet on the, on, on the yeah. web. Yeah. Yeah, everything's oh back order this, back order that. Yeah. Uh we'll you know, put in your email. We'll let you know right. when we have right. some. <laughs> with with such a design or so many different designs. I, I mean, are are these tailor made per order? Is that how you pull this off? Or do you just have like a warehouse full of these? <laughs> some place in between there. Um <laughs> you know, when when we first started and we had that that little lathe in my garage. I was cutting all a cart, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of like the, 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 the fry cook in the, in the greasy spoon, you know, spin the wheel next order up, you know, okay, set the program <laughs> and I'd cut 50 of these and I'd cut those and then next one up and I'd set the machine and, and mm-hmm. cut that order. So I was cutting to the order and, and then we started to get busy and I started falling behind mm. and I, couldn't keep up and that's when we moved into our current shop location um and at that time that was when we fought bought our first big swiss screw machine um Mm. and we vowed then never to fall behind again 
because we didn't want to be another one of those great bullet companies, but you can't get them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, oh yeah, those are great bullets, but you can't get them. We didn't, we didn't want to be that guy. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've made sure that we have enough backstock on raw material that we won't run out. Um, And we've made sure that we have enough shop space that we can add more machines when we have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we're, we've, we've kept ourselves in that position that we're just stay ahead of it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the goal is to stay that way. That's perfect. Cause you know, <laughs> there's nothing more frustrating than being on your last 10 rounds of something yeah. and you and just you can't, get can't find more anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, with business in general, especially a lot of smaller and local businesses, you don't see that willingness to put the effort and the money into always having what people want when they want it. Uh, Another facet of the company I work for is sheet metal production. And what is interesting is when you always have what the customer wants and you're always able to produce it, it, if you walk into the office at the company, other facet of the company I work for, and you want to order sheet metal, unless it's a special order item, and everything's made to order except for a few pieces like trim and things that are pretty standard. Um, everything's made to order when you order it. Even custom design trim. If, if it's like a custom siding order and we've got to actually order in metal, then it's, you know, weeks. But if it's anything else, it's same day, next day, turnaround. And to keep that up, my boss buys... I mean, we get loads and loads and loads of sheet metal in all the time to always have that backstock like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. In a given year, it seems like there's another million dollars in equipment going into the shop and we're expand, you know, we're taking other things out of the shop like, well, this can't be here anymore because we've got to put this in here to keep this production up. But because he's willing to put that effort in, the, 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 the uh, customer base keeps growing and it keeps growing and it keeps growing because everybody else in town, mm-hmm. it's a two-week wait. Yeah, you go yeah. order something. It's two weeks, mm-hmm. period, yeah. and 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 it, it or longer, right? And yeah. so the business model of actually having and, and same thing goes. If you want in in Fairbanks, if you want to find somebody to do some custom woodwork for you, even the biggest name in town, which is a local company, and and they're nice people, I like them, but they're weeks out, and mm-hmm. then they'll call you and say, "Oh, this is going to cost you twice as much as we quoted you." Yeah. the <laughs> the whole bit the whole business model of of of, well, of honesty, right? But of just being ready, of serving the customer, which is just having what people want is part of serving the customer. I, I really appreciate that. And being part of another business, I know how much work goes into that. And I, like I said, a million, watching a million dollars of equipment go into a shop mm. in a very short period of time. I, I have a it's little bit scary. of appreciation. Y- yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not my money, yeah. but I'm going. I'm sitting here going, well, I hope, you know, my boss is doing well and, and, and everything he's running and all the companies are doing really well. And I'm grateful for that. You know, I work for a good, a, a good guy, but it's not my money. But yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's scary because we've, we've done the same thing, you know, and, and every time it looks like, ah, oh, geez, maybe we might start making some money. We wind up buying another piece of equipment for a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> right. Um, right. You know, <clears throat> and it's too expensive for what it does. But if we don't do it, we can't advance. So we have to mm. do it. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's like, you know, we're right now we're in the process of getting a, a tipping machine made so that the, 
so that you guys don't have to put tips in the HHTs. Yeah. Um, you know, and that thing is way too expensive for what it does. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> but we have to do it. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, it, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, guys like you and me, it's, it's not that big of a deal to go put in 50 or a hundred tips. If anything, but, it's kind of enjoyable, right? Like, yeah, after 300, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. say after 300. It, it does get tired. <laughs> after that, but, you know, but Weatherby can't hire a bunch of people to sit there and put in tips when they're doing a 20,000 bullet run. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Um, and I can't hire people to do it either. It's just not, mm. it's, it's not going to happen. So no. we've got to buy this piece of equipment so that we can move forward with that line of bullets and, and the guys like Weatherby can put them in their ammo. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. and there's, and there's those guys out there like, I'm not putting tips in, uh, mm. mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, I get it, you know, and, you know, and I've been questioning that. Why would you, why would you market something that, that a guy has to put it in? I'm like, well, I didn't want to wait a year to bring it to market. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are willing to put that piece in. of equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the people that are willing to put that you in know. are very grateful you released them. So, you know. It's yeah, all. you know, and so plus, you know, the sooner we get it out there, the sooner we can start, you know, getting some income off of that to cover, you know, a year of testing and, and all that mm. stuff that it took to bring it bring it to market, you know. Right. All that stuff plays in there. It, it, um, it, yeah, it all, time, right? Time is money. Everything. Everything takes time to get done. And somehow you got to, if you don't recoup it, you don't stay in business. Um, You know, and so, yeah, no, as soon as we felt like it was a done product, darn right, we're bringing it to market. We're going to have people put them in themselves. Yeah. 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 You know, I I, I would say that was absolutely the right move. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Thank you. If the, if the people don't want to put the tips in themselves, they can wait the year for the machine to come (laughs) out. You know, that's, that's something they've put on themselves. You know, that's not something you imposed on them. That's a, a limitation they have on themselves. So, yeah. well, yeah. Uh, of the uh, the many reasons we've given people to to get hammer bullets today and to try them out at least, I know I've seen on you guys' social medias and and the website and whatnot, you guys are are really actively partnering with other companies and, and working with other companies to try and, and you know get these bullets out into more people's hands and, and make them more available to people maybe that don't aren't aren't keen to reloading themselves or things like that um what are some options like what are, what are the ways people can get hammer bullets um other than just going to the website direct um, direct from the website you know yeah yeah and it's a, you know still today you know probably 95 percent of our business is direct to consumer you know right right the one the one order at a time from an individual just coming to the website um you know but then you know we weatherby's on board they would they they would be our 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 biggest account uh, mm-hmm. and they're they're loading hammers in you know in quite a few different cartridges now and and have intent of loading hammers in all of their cartridges you yeah. know so as time goes on um so that 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 one's pretty cool, um, you know. And then there's a, there's a bunch of uh, you know custom ammunition companies, you know, for that guy that doesn't reload that that work with with hammer bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, 
Uh, I don't know if you want me to li- try and list them here or not. No, just, just the, uh, um, yeah, not, not all of them. I'm sure that's <laughs> a lot to list off the top of the memory. Yeah. There's, there's, but. there's six or eight different companies that are loading hammers, you know, on a smaller scale, more of a custom, custom type load. Mm, um, like choice and what, you know, and then, yeah. 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 Um, and, and then we've, we've got a, we used to do custom ammunition for guys, but, uh, I just don't have time to turn the rifles around quick enough, but we've got a guy here in Montana that, that does it very well. And that's all he does is load, develop rifles. That's what mm. he does for a living. Um, lucky guy. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so a, a customer could send their rifle to him and he'll actually develop a load for the rifle and ship it back with the ammo. Uh, mm, yeah. which is very which is very cool hmm. perfect perfect do you want to drop his name and company or is he going to hate us for increasing his business <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh, <laughs> yeah let's drop it <laughs> hang on let me get his phone number out here <laughs> I just know that I've met a few people up here that have talked about that and some mm. people that uh, that have the means to do something like that, mm-hmm. but they've said, you know, I just don't reload and it, it looks like a really neat bullet, but I, yeah. I'm just not going to do it myself. And so the hard, for something yeah. like that, that might be a decent yeah. option as long as the elevation for the load development for down there versus up here isn't too drastic. Maybe right. I should change up what I'm doing on the weekends. There you go. <laughs> and just start, <laughs> start do some reload. Load. I, I get a lot of experience and I, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And they're hammers, so it only takes 15 bullets anyway. Right, so. right. Yeah. <laughs> Just learn on the fly. <laughs> okay. So his his name is Paul Henstridge. Okay. <laughs> and his, his phone number is 406-369-5876. Well, there you go. <laughs> and so... You heard it here. <laughs> yeah. Paul... <laughs> Paul, Paul's Paul's day job. Paul's day job is he does all the load development for Snowy Mountain Rifles. Yeah. Uh, okay. So all all of their custom yeah. rifles. He he's the guy that does all the shooting and 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 load yeah. develops those rifles. And yeah. then whenever he's you know, and then he also will load for individuals, you know, through us or whatever, and load hammers. Um, yeah. For them. Interesting. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate it. Well, if any of you guys out there want a load developed for you, there you go. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> and if, you know, Paul for... Holler, <laughs> he may, he's I don't I don't remember where he's from, but he's got a great accent, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> European of some sort, but got a great accent, pretty hard, <laughs> and I can hear him calling me now. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> gave you some advertising man <laughs> we're, we're gonna get you some more business loading rifles <laughs> you know and, and for for people that that want to you know look at what has been done reloaded um you guys have an awesome forum on your website the hammer time forum um, yeah, I, is, like, I like seeing what other people are doing and how you know the different ideas being thrown around and even a new kind of low data section of the website that that's yeah so there's you know one of the forums there in the reloading in the reloading section um there's a thread there where they've been compiling consumer data now for quite a few years Mm -hmm. um so it's just 
you know, it's, it's that internet stuff out there. Right. So it's just, you know, guys like you or me or whatever that, Hey, I, I did this load development with a hammer and this is, this is my data. And so they've been, they've been compiling that into a, a spreadsheet now for several years. And I've always stayed out of it. Mm. Uh, cause it's not, cause it's not my data. Uh, right. If that makes sense. It's yeah. not my data. I'm fine with those guys doing it. You know, it's, it's a guys, you know, sharing data with each other and that's great, but, um, it's not my data and I didn't, I didn't test it and approve it and say, yeah, this is, this is good. Uh, All right. mm-hmm. You know, it's a great resource. Right. But you know, it's just that it's a resource, you know, well, it's, and it's, like with- it's just that. And, and like with everything in reloading, you know, proceed with caution. You know, just because yes. it worked for one guy's rifle doesn't mean yours is a carbon copy, and it will magically work in yours either. You know, start, yeah, don't don't take some low. internet load out there that you know some guy on the internet that this is this is my load, my max load. Don't go out there and take some guy's max load and run it. <laughs> You're right, uh, right. You know, it might not be a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. But no. yeah, the, the Hammer Time Forum, that was another great idea. Um, it I didn't do it right the first time. I just went and got one of those free um, forum hosting sites and started mm-hmm. this thing, you know, not really knowing or thinking if it would be anything good, you know. And anyhow, you know, the busier the forum got, the more it cost me to keep it on that free hosting right <laughs> right right <laughs> it's free until you start using enough data uh, <laughs> yep and anyhow so we decided to host our own uh forum mm-hmm. and unfortunately the several years that we had it on the free site that all of that stuff that was on there is owned by them so we couldn't migrate it over oh uh, no kidding <laughs> yeah so we we basically, I, you know, I told the membership, I said, okay, if there's anything on here that you want, copy and paste it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I had two forums for a little while, two forums yeah. up at the same time. And I'm like, copy and paste anything you think is important and bring it over. And then on such and such a date, we're going to turn that one off. Yeah. Uh, I remember when that was going on. <laughs> yeah. And so we lost a lot of great stuff, but. Uh, now the, now that we host it, it, it's actually part of our website, which helps Google notice hammer mm-hmm. bullets, which then helps drive traffic to hammer bullets, all right. that kind of stuff. All that stuff oh. that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but was recommended <laughs> that we should do that. <laughs> and so we did now, now we own our own forum and. It's a great group of guys. It's small enough that you don't have the normal forum stuff where you got a group of people that are just looking to call somebody stupid and right, you know, right. all that that forum stuff that's yucky. We don't we don't have any of that, and it's very well self policed by the guys on there. Great group of guys. They poke fun at each other all the time. Um, mm. you know, so if you're new and you go on there, it looks like maybe they're being mean to each other, but they're just kind of doing what normal guys do. 
Um, right. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not actually trying to be mean to each other. Yeah. Um, well, if you're you not know, giving and, your buddy a hard time, then is he really your buddy? <laughs> you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and if your buddy can't take it when you give him a hard time, I'm not sure you should be your buddy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You hit yeah. it on the head there. Um, but yeah, they're a great group of guys. No dumb questions. If you go on there and ask a question, nobody's going to go, hey, well, you know, we've already talked about this or, you know, that's mm. a stupid question. Or why would you do that? You know, there is none of that. Uh, yeah, and those guys all kind of pride themselves on no dumb questions. Um, right, right. You know, ask away, and there's a great group of guys on there that'll pop in and do everything they can to help anybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. right on. So good. Yeah, it's it's a nice forum. Perfect, perfect. Well, Steve, uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming on tonight and and spending the time with us. And uh, I think we went a little bit past our mark, but I think that's okay. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, about an um, hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like us at all. <laughs> but, no, I really appreciate uh, you coming on here, and uh, you know we've done our best to try and and explain you know these things to listeners when we get questions and and our recommendations and whatnot. But it's been absolutely wonderful hearing it directly from you and and the science and everything. So thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, why don't you? let people know how one um you know how they can get a hold of you guys if they have any questions or anything like that or uh see what you're doing your social medias and stuff like that uh what's what's the best way for people to find you guys so you know our our website hammerbullets.com uh at the top of the page there's my and brian's phone numbers at the top of the page we do everything we can to answer every phone every phone call that comes in and if we can't get to it we try to call them back Mm um you know we we kind of figure that he and I need to be the ones that answer the phone, not hiring somebody else to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, Nobody's reading off a template when they're talking to the customer. Right. So yeah, yeah when you call, you're either going to get me or Brian and we're the guys that, you know, that brain this stuff up. Um, mm. You know, so you get, you get us and then social media. I generally don't do, we, we did hire a guy to do that. So the Facebook and the Twitter and whatever else he's doing mm. out there. Um, but yeah, we have a, we have a hammer, hammer bullets, Facebook page. Um, Ed, Ed runs that. He's a great guy. Mm. Um, yep. I, I follow you guys on Instagram as well. So, okay. Yeah. See, yeah, that you, would be, you, that would be, you Ed, got Ed one of Michael those. <laughs> yeah, we got one of those. I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> I don't even know how to get on Instagram. <laughs> Insta face. <laughs> <Space crap. laughs> it's all right. You yeah. only have to give up a few freedoms to be on social media, Steve. Yeah. Just agree to get spied on and all this other yeah. stuff. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. just, just yeah, sign here, sir. Just, I just sign right here. I signed up for that WhatsApp. They got access to everything in my phone, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 I just had to download that for my, my overseas trip. And, and yeah. all, right. all, <laughs> all the guys, all the guys overseas all use WhatsApp. So uh, I, have, yeah. I have WhatsApp now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, um, along those lines, I also wanted to thank you very much for anybody that hasn't figured it out after listening to the show. Uh, Hammer Bullets is a sponsor of the Northern Hunter. So I wanted to thank you for being a sponsor and believing in what we're doing here as well um, and, and helping us along with our, our endeavors. 
Um, you guys have been generous enough to provide us with a discount code. So um, anybody that goes to hammerbullets.com, if you would be so kind as to use the code the Northern Hunter with your purchase, um, that is the way Hammer Bullets and us work together is through that code. So mm-hmm. thank you very much for believing in us and, and helping us along as well. So, yes. Thank yeah, you very well, much, Steve. Thank you guys very much as well. Uh, you know, and hey, I had a great time. If we want to do it again, I'm open. <laughs> awesome we'll be doing it again i'm sure there'll be plenty in the future (laughs) yes sir Uh, maybe one maybe one of these days we can hit our bucket list and come up and hunt moose with you guys or something oh absolutely yeah we can make that happen yeah we'll have your people call our people and we'll get it (laughs) set up (laughs) (laughs) all right folks well if you enjoyed what you heard on the show today uh make sure you uh like on whatever platform you're listening to us on, um, you know, subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to it on and share it with any friends that might be interested in hammer bullets. Uh, a lot of great information here. If you have any questions about anything talked about, obviously you can reach out to Steve directly. Um, but if you would like to talk to us, uh, if you go to the Northern hunter.com, uh, we have the contact button there. Uh, you can reach out and get an uh, email directly to the show and we will either answer your question or get you in touch with the guy that knows the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our social medias on Instagram and Facebook currently. And uh, if you search at the Northern Hunter on either one of those two platforms, you can get us a message there as well and see what we're up to. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. Steve, it's been a wonderful time. And uh, until next week, get out there, get after it. And good luck. We'll see you there.